Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey guys, what's up? Another Troubled Minds classic for you. This one actually aired originally on YouTube December 1st, 2020. And this one's all about cryptids you've never heard of. The Ozark Howler, Old Shuck, Hellhounds, etc. So on. Hope you dig it. I'll be back next week. Thanks for hanging out. But I think the development of full artificial intelligence will spell the end of the human race. It's a flying object, and we don't know what it is. I would hope somebody is checking it out. I'm glad the Pentagon is looking at this, because if it poses a threat, I want them on top. Well, the craft generates its own gravitational field. The Internet has become the command center for criminals and terrorists.
questions of you in earnest into the digital darkness. Good evening and welcome to Troubled Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange. And hello to all of you who might also have troubled minds. What's up, guys? It is Tuesday night. And you know what that means. It's show night. It's time to talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. Of course, those things are aliens, conspiracy, the paranormal, the 24-hour news cycle, the propaganda, the brainwash that's continually inundating us. We talk about the government. Did I already say that? We talk about academia. We talk about all of the things. And, uh, yeah, like I said, like I always say, it is still not illegal to talk about all these, these, uh, <laughs> seditious things, these, uh, <laughs> so many, so many terrifying words to use, these forbidden things. It is not, uh, it is not illegal yet. And so we continue to talk about them until, and until, <laughs> I don't want to say it. I just don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we uh, just a quick, quick, uh, quick, uh, quick update here. We are on YouTube uh, tonight. Eric, I see you there. Uh, we'll do shout outs in a sec. But okay. So we are on YouTube tonight. We're on the alternate channel because the first channel is still uh, got smacked in the face. And uh, <laughs> so we're doing what we can do. We're doing what we can do. Uh, okay. So if you want, if you want the, the actual uh, other youtube channel go to uh troubledminds.org and it's right there it's streaming on the front page just right click it and uh, go to the url uh copy url go to the url it'll take you to the secondary page okay so um so here's the deal little hiss is that mic hiss a little, little mic hiss going on okay all right sound check one two one two i got a new microphone so uh it's easier for me to talk into it but I, i'm hearing hiss i don't like the hiss can you guys hear the hiss okay so anyway all of that said, that's what this show's about. We talk about all the things we're not supposed to, and uh, we, we take our time here. We only do it a couple times a week. You know, we could do probably do five nights a week and spread it to like an hour or, you know, hour and a half or whatever, you know. Uh, but uh, we uh, we do it a couple times a week and take our time. These, these are going to be uh, long three hours and uh, or maybe short. Sometimes they're short. Sometimes it flies by. But, uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about, all the things we're not allowed to. So TheVerge.com, facial recognition systems are getting better at recognizing masked faces. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Remember, I, I was always saying, I kind of like wearing a mask because, uh, I, you know, it, it allows me to dodge the uh, the facial recognition thing going on out there, right? The, the surveillance state and all the rest of this stuff. So I'm like, okay, you know, this is cool, except, uh-oh. So new data from NIST shows significant improvement since July. So now because everybody's wearing masks, remember we talked about this actually in, in uh, China in, uh, I think it was January. I think it was as far back as January. That, uh, you know, they had the coronavirus going on over there. They were uh, welding people inside their their homes and, you know, like basically rolling up the, the portable crematories to the, the, the back alleys of these places for when everybody in the building died. You know, like uh, it's not that's that's what you call an actual forced quarantine, not not a, not a lockdown order. <laughs> they just weld you in as tragic and grotesque as that is. But OK, so but they had problems early on in in China because of their ubiquitous uh, surveillance state, right? So you had, th- this is everywhere. They talk about this stuff, or, or like, literally you can't, like we, we talked about it then, so you can't actually go into a grocery store 
or to an ATM or you you can't really do anything in China without having a have it scan your face, right? Because you know, your your uh, your identity is locked into your telephone, and then your phone is is uh, you know locked into the the government. And then you know to get permission to do anything, you basically have to show who you are. And the way you do that is with facial recognition. So the way this happened actually back back in probably I think it was the end of January, early February in China, is that one of the uh, the the downsides of everybody wearing masks is it kind of uh, crippled their surveillance state. So people were, uh, you know, trying to do regular things and go out and, and do them, and they couldn't because their face was covered, and they, you know, they, they couldn't get scanned properly or whatever it was, et cetera, so on. So, yeah, nuts, right? Pretty nuts. Let's see. Uh, hold on. Yeah, 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 uh, definitely, Eric. Uh, definitely call for the monolith. We'll talk about that next, actually. We'll talk about the monolith next, and then uh, we'll, uh, yeah. So, so uh, there we go. We're going to talk about the monolith in just a sec. If you guys want to be on the show, Eric's going to call and he said that this is the phone number, 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link, troubleminds.org, and then we'll get to the monolith in just a minute here because there's, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot going on with that, <laughs> if you guys didn't notice. All right, so uh, let's see. Moose is better than Buffalo, says Derek. It just says uh, Justin Trudeau is an inbred of actor Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You said it, man, not me. You said it, not me. Uh, let's see. Uh, Patrick says, we will keep our mushrooms. Cheers, buddy. Cheers to that. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, what else do we got? All right. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Taylor says, I've watched South Park. They are accurate. Oh, you you might may have missed the last one where uh, the, the Russian pranksters called and uh, pranked Justin Trudeau and, uh, with, with a fake Greta. And the fake Greta asked to meet Terrence and Philip. <laughs> And then Trudeau said he'd hook him up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. Okay. What's up, Millie? Thanks for showing up, Millie. How are you tonight? Uh, Millie from California. Let's see. Melvin, how you doing? Um, lots of folks. Lots of folks. Appreciate you guys being here. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, this is weird, right? So, uh, the, the, the downside of wearing the mask in China is that it, it was kind of crippled their surveillance state, right? The surveillance state. Except now this is what's happening, right? So, since July, here we go. So, facial recognition algorithms algorithms are getting better at recognizing faces and masks, according to data published on Tuesday by the National Institute for Standards and Testing, which is NIST. Drawing on independent testing of more than 150 separate facial recognition algorithms, the new report suggests masks may not be as big a problem for facial recognition systems as initially thought. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Now we're going to have to do, now we're going to have to like, uh, uh, put goggles on to, you know, like shady goggles to go with our, I don't know, like what's going on here. This is a little weird. This is a little weird. Oh, sorry. Wrong screen. Uh, there we go. Uh, vendors volunteer. Uh, okay. So drawing on independent testing more than, Oh, we already read that vendors voluntarily submit their facial recognition algorithms to NIST for testing as part of the facial recognition vendor test. F R V T. Everything's got an acronym and it's grotesque. Imagine all the acronyms lined up in a row <laughs> when they circle the world twice. Okay. The, the Institute publishes results of those tests on a rolling basis as each algorithm is submitted. When NIST first examined masks effect on racial, uh, <laughs> let's see what I did there. Facial recognition in July, it found that algorithms weren't great at identifying faces with masks. Unsurprisingly, it's hard to recognize a face when the nose and mouth are covered. Okay. So, Anyway, long story short, this is uh, this the the facial recognition algorithms are getting better and they're getting used to masks, and uh, right? Does that uh, how's that make you feel? So I, I was in the over at the Best Damn Podcast talking with them for a little bit, and uh, <laughs> I was like, "Hey guys, I don't mind wearing a mask because you know I'm dodging the facial facial recognition." And and uh, and I think Bailey said, "Well, uh, 
that they're going to scan your retinas. <laughs> I was like, shit. And here we go. Here we go. It's honing in, right? It's starting to, uh, what else can they detect if they can't detect your, your mouth and your nose? Well, they're going to, they're going to start, uh, measuring how many eyebrows you have and counting those from the, the satellites in the sky. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the world we live in, right? Uh, let's see. We got some more. Candy from Las Vegas. Thanks for showing up tonight. We got, um, let's see. Uh, Derek says, Fidel Castro's son is Trudeau, right? <laughs> I think so. I think, I think maybe. That's a, that's a hell of a conspiracy. Uh, I've heard I've heard that. Let's see. Uh, Kurt says, hell, uh, will they show us more than a decade ago they could scope a face through a ski mask? Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mateo says, got to wear a mask with dark brown blade shades to identify that. Exactly, right? Uh, but then, no, no. So there's been actually algorithms that uh, they will determine like based on the length of your step and like how how you walk so they can even even determine who you are without any of that (laughs) just by just by your normal walking pattern so we're gonna have to start mixing it up guys we're gonna have to start like uh, intentionally limping here and there when you're out in public just to kind of throw the uh, the algorithms off yeah crazy stuff right (laughs) crazy stuff uh, like I said, the world we live in. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this, Eric. Why don't you give us a call? And we'll talk. I'll, let me pull up the monolith stuff here. 702-957-1037. Okay, so now let's see. Uh, let's find the monolith. Let's find the monolith. Here we go. Okay, wait. Wait. Okay, so a lot has happened with this monolith, right? We we, we, uh, we have a video that we put up on the YouTube channel, and uh, I was one of the first ones to get it up there. Not super fast, but kind of ahead of the mo- most of the mainstream media. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so... In, uh, in Utah, right, in, in kind of in the, the middle of nowhere, we had a monolith appear, all right? And it was, hold on, let me get the, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, okay, let's pull this up. All right, so, <laughs> jeez, I didn't see this. There's, there's breaking news, breaking news. Uh, okay, okay, here we go. Let's see. Uh, all right. So much, so much good monolith news. <laughs> this is nuts. Okay, it's it's one of those things, right? Where you're like, nah, this can't this can't be happening, right? Just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any more weird, well, it, it continues to get weird. All right, here we go. Here we go. Link in this. <laughs> We're gonna talk about the monolith. Okay, so the monolith uh, was a tall, uh, metallic. Uh, ten, about 10 feet tall, three meters high, right? For you, uh, non-metric types or metric types. The, and, uh, it was, uh, just found kind of in the middle of a, a canyon, like I said, in a dark desert canyon, cool wind in my hair. Right. Uh, so it showed up kind of, kind of randomly and people weren't sure what to think of it. Okay. And so it, of course, you know, it went to aliens. So this is an alien artifact, kind of like a 2001, a space odyssey by, by Kubrick, the Kubrick film. And so it, it was right. It was that, it was that whole thing. And you're like, uh, well, maybe, right. Nah, <laughs> I don't know. Aliens. I don't know. I think that's kind of a stretch in my opinion, but, uh, some, some other weird stuff is happening. Some other weird stuff is happening with this. Okay. Now, now, this thing appears, okay, and so Google Maps determined it had been there for four years out in the middle of the desert, right? So back in, uh, I think, 2015 is the last shot they have of this particular spot in Utah, in the desert, where the monolith was not there. This 10-foot-tall uh, metallic uh, uh, monolith, monolith <laughs> like well, for, for lack of a better term, that's really what this is, all right? Then, all right, okay, it's been sitting there for four years. It's found by a, uh, a, a, a highway patrol um, that's, that's flying and doing a, a head count on bighorn sheep, all right? Uh, 
So that's what happens. They see it from the sky and they're like, what the hell is this? And uh, they're looking at it, they're doing their thing, and they're like, okay, well, then it it, it catches not really a lot of news. It's it just like a, a Facebook post. And it probably had like, I don't know, 30 likes on it or something. Like it was it was not really widely uh, distributed. So I saw it and, I, and we did a video, put it up. And then, right, so that what happens is, of course, the internet sleuths out there, they find out exactly where this thing is, right? Actually, the last show we did, we had somebody, uh, I can't remember who, uh, thank you for getting us the coordinates to it. But uh, it ended up that uh, the Internet found out where this thing was, right? Searching through Google Maps and everything else, right? Even though the uh, the the Utah Highway Patrol wanted to keep it kind of quiet. Okay, so what happens is, of course, like you would expect, once people find out what it is, everybody's bored and in lockdown. Well, a shit ton of people go to check out this monolith, right? So, so it becomes like this tourist attraction, all right? And... Uh, you you end up there, and uh, with uh, now dozens of people are going out every hour to see this thing in a in a spot that's remote, and you're not even able to uh, you know uh, there's no restrooms out there right there's no there's no services it's not really set up for like you know a tourist attraction so of course what's happening people are crapping people are peeing people are doing what people do out there right making a mess and et cetera so on so okay so the so the the monolith now so this happens. All right, so this like tons of people go out. There's footage of people uh, kind of looking at it. It, it. it does have rivets in this thing. It appears there's saw there's saw marks cut into the uh, the red rock, the bedrock there. So it, it definitely appears this is not an alien contraption. Okay, there's like human rivets. There's you know saw marks underneath how they installed this thing. It's not actually one piece. It's like three three uh, three tall sheets of metal with like a a pyramid tip on top. So, I mean, it's, you know, like, like this, it, it, it's, it seemed impressive before you learned some extra details. And then when you learned some details, it was like, okay, not so impressive. Right. All right. So th- it's like a case, case closed, right? Somebody, somebody put it up trying to be cute, maybe an art project, like the Banksy stuff, who knows, right? Who knows what's really going on? But, but then it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> it gets better. This thing disappears. This thing just, just up and disappears. All right, here we go. Here we go. This thing just vanishes. Let's see. Let's pull this up. This is reported by Mashable. And yep. <laughs> yeah. It just it just disappeared. Here we go. Let's uh, put this on the screen. Uh, yeah. All right. And here you go. Uh, Mashable reports, mysterious monolith is missing and people have theories. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. People have theories, right? People have theories. Uh, let's see. Who am I missing? Everybody good. What's up, Johnson? I see you there. Thanks for showing up tonight. Uh, let's see. Um, Elvis has left the building, says Kurt. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. You know, uh, Taylor says, in all honesty, those 4chan guys can pull a hell of a prank. Yeah, it might be them, right? I don't know. So I would say that if it was like it goes up and then like they, they uh, you know, they're talking about it like a week later type of thing. But it, that's not what happened. Like it, it's been there for 40 years. Like that's that's a long time to wait for a prank, right? So, okay. So anyway, the metal monolith, this is by Mashable.com. The metal monolith planted by unknown sources in the Utah desert at some point before last week has gone the same way it arrived, shrouded in mystery. Officials from the Utah Department of Public Safety and the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources discovered the three-sided silver structure on November 18th via helicopter while on a routine mission to count bighorn sheep. All right, we know this. All right, now the monolith is no longer, except for some remaining rocks and a triangular piece of metal, uh, it is no longer, according to the visitors who posted photographs. So, uh, according to this Twitter account here, let's see, let's go to this, and uh, yeah, here's here's the photographs of this. There's nothing left, just the top of this, right? <laughs> just the top of this thing. 
Uh, okay. And so you see, right, there's there's people out there hiking and there's people doing their thing and they're out there being, being you know, just being people, right? Uh, not that there's, you know, not that there's anything bad about being people, but, you know, people being people. So, uh, yeah, take that take that for what it's worth. All right, we're going to go to this phone call. We got a phone call. We got Eric from Pittsburgh. You're on, you're on Trouble Minds with Mike. How are you doing tonight, my man? Mike, how are you? I'm fantastic, brother. Good. Fantastic. Thanks for the call. Uh, so, all right, you got so you got uh, you got uh, theories on this monolith. What do you think about this whole thing? Yeah. So I uh, I've been following this uh, quite heavily now since our last show on Friday, and there's a uh, quite a few things that are interesting about it. I don't know um, if you've been following it because there's a lot of famous YouTubers right now that are getting in their helicopters and they're actually flying out there. And it's caused a lot of problem with the, uh, the BLM, the uh, Bureau of Land Management. I think we talked about that on the last last week's show or whatever. Correct. Yes. Um, But the one thing that people were doing is they were making a big spectacle of jumping on top of it and taking pictures on it. So that was their, uh, their big claim to fame. They wanted to be the, the first ones to take pictures on it and things like that, which was cool. But then while they were taking their helicopters out there, they were having problems getting to the destination. Now, the one thing that <clears throat> I thought was really funny was they were saying that it's two hours off of any major highway. And what was causing a problem for most people that were going out there was if in the event where your car breaks down or anything like that, you're liable to die. I mean, you're out in the middle of the Utah desert. But the one thing I was uh, waiting to see if you were going to pull up is where it actually relocated to. Yeah, actually. On so, the other side of the planet. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> okay. All right. So then the, so the story goes like this. It shows up, right? November 18th, they find it. Uh, people start showing up, like just like Eric here said. It's kind of it's a little bit remote. Like I was saying, like people out there you know, pissing and shitting all over the place, leaving their garbage. Like people do people do people, unfortunately. And then it just disappears. All right. It just disappears. This thing just up and up and vanishes, and uh, just like the pictures we showed, that there's just the top of this thing left, like the little pyramid top, and it appears to be gone now. And so, as a result of this, um, well, the, the theories abound, right? People have theories, and so uh, I was like, okay, well, and I think I think that the tragic part about all this is like like this is this is pretty cool, right? But the tragic part is you can't find like a uh, like a, a singular narrative based on news sources, right? Because everybody's trying to uh, twist and spin their clickbait headlines and their BS and this and that, you know. So like it's really difficult to find like an investigative reporter that went and you know figured out what the hell happened here. Well, I found one. <laughs> I did find one, <laughs> but it is difficult. So anyway, so we'll get to that in a sec. Okay, but uh, okay. So this thing disappeared. All right. Uh, so it was there for what? It's uh, this is December first. They found it November eighteenth. It disappeared a couple three days ago now. So I think Friday it, it actually ended up missing. So now uh, it's it was out there for a couple weeks that we knew of. People were visiting. It was uh, attracting lots of folks in the desert. Like you said, remote. And then it just ends up gone. Like uh, the next day, people show up and they they want to get pictures with it. Like you were saying, people were standing on top of it taking pictures and all kinds of stuff was going on. Right. But then they show up the next morning, Saturday morning, and this thing is just gone. So, yeah, what the hell happened? What the hell happened? As mysteriously as it comes, it vanishes. <laughs> okay, so then it shows up on the other side of the world. Let me, uh, let me, let me pull up this article. I didn't have this one ready because I wasn't prepared to go into the full, the full story here. But hold on. Hold on. 
Go ahead. Go ahead and tell us what happened on the uh, when this thing resurfaced. Apparently, so there's a couple of things about the monolith that really caught my attention. I mean, I was trying to show this to you know distant family members and everything that are elderly, and you know they're obviously out of touch with social media and such, and they were investigating it, looking at it, and they were just like, "Hey, look! If you look at it, right, it it, it has rivets. That's man-made. So this could be art." Obviously, this is something that's probably blown out of proportion. But what really caught my attention and threw me through a loop with this is if you compare the one that is in Utah and the one that is in Romania side by side, obviously it's not the same thing. So now are we all just being punked? Is Ashton Kutcher coming out of the corner? Is that what's happening? <laughs> it or kind of feels is like it something that... Uh, <laughs> Who knows? But I feel like this is, uh, you know, this is what we live for, right? This is yeah, yeah. We do the talk show. No, this is fun as hell. Definitely fun as hell. So, so here we go. This is reported by the New York Post. Another mysterious monolith appears in Romania. And this is November 30th, 2020. And so here we go. Let's uh, just like Eric was saying here, let's take a look at this. Uh, I'll, I'll full screen it and just play this video. And you can see it's similar, but uh, it definitely has some like um, some metal markings. So it's not exactly the same type of stainless steel that the other one was and so on and so forth. So here, let's play some of this and you can see exactly what happened. So the one disappeared from Utah and then a day later or two days later, this one bing, appears in Romania. So, okay. All right. So, uh, How's, how's this make you feel? So clearly, look, if you look at it, there are di different markings on this. The metal's different. It's not the same thing. Okay, but is this going to be the new, the new like, uh, the social media 4.0? <laughs> like, we're just going to start hoaxing each other with bizarre shit in different countries the world over? I don't know. I don't, it's fun anyway. It's fun. So, so there you go. There's, there's what it looks like, the one in Romania. So uh, what did you think when you first heard it was, it was in Romania? What are you like, no shit, because that's what I did. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, that's exactly what I did. I was like, oh, man. <clears throat> it actually caught me by surprise because I was trying to show it off to my, my family. And I was like, hey. You know, there's this, this object that appeared, and what they did was they Googled it right in front of me, and they were like, no, that's left over from a movie from 2001. 
And I was like, what? And then I had to go back and do my research because I guess there was some movie that this was premiered in. I, I still haven't followed up on that. Do you know what this movie there was? Yeah. Okay. So there's a, there's supposedly, this is what, this is what some people are saying. And this is unconfirmed as far as I can tell. They said that the, the one that was in Utah was some set, uh, a set piece they put up for like a, like a, a low budget sci-fi series. And that's what that is. And they left it there. It, it got, they got left. Right. But I, I can't confirm that. I haven't I haven't seen like a clip of like that actually in a movie or a series or anything. I did hear that theory and I don't have a confirmation of that. But I, I know people are saying that. That's what caught me off because on last week's show we were showing that uh in two thousand fifteen it wasn't there. In two thousand sixteen it was there. And then it took us four years to social media everything to really make it famous, right? Well, the movie that they were claiming, and I didn't read too much into it, but the movie that they were claiming it was from was from 2001, or the title of the movie was 2001, one of the two. But if that's the case, it just completely offsets the uh, you know, chronological timeline for when this thing suddenly appeared. So then, of course, my conspiracy hat came on, and I was like, oh, man, now I'm super interested. But the video I saw, they went, they tapped on it, they took their little helicopter, they flew out there, they did their thing. It sounded hollow. It had rivets in it. It looked man-made. I mean, it. I don't know. It's interesting stuff, man. But I think the uh, the curiosity behind it is what makes it all the more fun. Yeah, totally. This is a this is the new the new way of going viral, right? Now, now we're going to see. Like I said, we're going to see people just doing all kinds of dumb stuff like this because <laughs> of all the attention it got. Now, now, okay. So here's here's the crazy part, right? So I didn't know this. This is like breaking news. All right. So okay, this thing this thing appears November eighteenth. Uh, they they find it. It's been there for four years in Utah. This this metallic monolith, right? We we all know this. Then it disappears this past Friday. Then a day later or two days later, another one appears in Romania, right? Which we're just looking at right here, reported by the New York Post. I'll link if you guys want to check out the article. But then, all right, it gets better. It continues to get better because guess what? Yeah, no shit. No shit. I just saw it right now. Hold on. Let me pull it up. The one in Romania has now disappeared. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Right. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's now also gone. Here comes Asia. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What the hell's going on here? And this was today. This was today. All right. So uh, reported by the Mercury News today. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, there's a second monolith and it disappeared too. Bucharest, Romania, December 1st. A shiny metal monolith vanished on Tuesday from the mountains of Romania where it had appeared amid furor over a similar object in the Utah desert. <laughs> so there we go. So now so now that's the thing, right? It's going to be like whack-a-mole with, uh, <laughs> with these, <laughs> these, these metallic monoliths that happen the world over. Oh, boy. Uh, too fun. Too much fun, right? So have you had any other theories about this monolith? besides the fact that it's just art because right now the general concept is it's just art. It's from a movie set. I mean, have you had any other, any other thoughts about this? No. Uh, that, so at first I was like, when I saw the, the, the initial photographs in the Facebook post, I was like, this is peculiar. Like, you know, I, I didn't quite go into conspiracy overdrive just yet. Cause I wanted to see uh, additional photographs of this thing. Like, is, does it actually have, you know, human screws or rivets or, you know, does it look like it was machined by people or, you know what I mean? It'd be a little different if it didn't have any of that. So 
yeah, I was like, uh, let's let's reserve judgment till I see a little bit more. Then Kelly and uh, other folks posted the the actual uh, uh, some guy that went down there. He wasn't a YouTuber, but he was one of the the first people to get a video up and actually like you know hands on this thing. And it, it was clearly like like I said, saw marks and the bedrock and, and rivets. So then I, I my brain kind of turned off. So I didn't have any fun theories about it. How about you? Did you did you have any fun theories about this one? So. Theories went out the window the second I saw the rivets. Yeah, same That's here. what did it for me. Yeah, same here. Because but okay. If it was like, okay, this is some crazy metal or something, I'd have been like, okay, cool. You know, because then it takes me back to Roswell, where we found that, that metal that supposedly is like indestructible or bends and then reforms its shape. So I was like, part of me said that there's a small chance it could be that metal from way back when, 60, 70 years ago. But then they started knocking on it. It sounded hollow. It sounded, you know, like aluminum. But then when it relocated, I was like, all right, well, you know, the, the, the Easter chase is on or whatever you want to you know, call that. And it's exciting stuff for the yeah. moment until yeah. it relocates. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So now we have, we have it uh, disappearing from Romania tonight. It is gone now. <laughs> so, it, it, as soon as it arrived, it is now gone. So, uh, so I guess we're going we're gonna to be on the lookout for where the monolith shows up next. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I think it's cool. I, th- I think it, it's unfortunate that the people showed up and started like messing up the desert out there in uh, in uh, in Utah, right? Because that's like I said, that's what people do. People looking at people. Um, but okay, so I, I did promise I had some some uh, some actual reporting on this on what happened. All right, check this out. Check this out. Our, our good buddy, he actually doesn't know who I am, but but our good buddy George Knapp uh, on Mystery Wire. Uh, like he, uh, he got to the bottom of this. I'm not sure if he, where he got the tip from, but, but, uh, they actually have, uh, f- uh, photographs of people removing this thing and it's not the aliens. Let's see. Here we go. Let's see. Where is this? Uh, mystery wire. Wait, is that what I linked? No, I linked the wrong one. All right, here we go. You got photographs of people removing it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like actually taking the thing down. So, but, but clearly not putting it up. That would be more fun, right? To see if they were, you know. If I'm look, look, if we're going to do this, guys, if somebody wants to do something like this, we're doing it and we're wearing like alien heads and like, you know, like full, 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 like, you know what I mean? So like if somebody gets a photograph or like a satellite image, maybe snaps us, it's going to get us looking like aliens putting this sucker up. <laughs> All right. So that, that's we're going to do this right. <laughs> All right, check this out. Gotta go all out. Yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, maybe they did and we just didn't catch them in the act. Okay, so here we go. This is from mysterywire.com. Humans demolish Utah monolith and trash delicate desert is the name of the, uh, the, uh, the, the article here. But this is from George Knapp. Here we go. So the Bureau of Land Management, BLM, that's what, the, that's what BLM, the, the other BLM stands for, visited the site where an illegally installed monolith had previously been discovered to confirm that an unknown party removed the structure sometime on the evening of Friday, November 27th. And not only that, they have somebody that took pictures. They were there and saw them remove it. So the BLM stated they did not remove the, stru- the structure, which was discovered on public lands on November 18th. On the social media platform TikTok, a user that goes by the name Sylvan Slacks posted a short video of the monolith being removed. His user page includes links uh, to a website of Moab Canyon Tours where there is Sylvan listed as a guide. So uh, hold on. Let's see. We got photographs here. Actual photographs of this. Okay. So here's, here's what you were saying, right? So this is this guy's Instagram. And uh, this is what people were doing, right? They were taking photographs like this, where it was, uh, it was um, uh, standing on top of this thing or whatever it was they were doing, right? Like they were trying to get like, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a shot, right? That looks really good. 
but uh, you know, like the, again, going out to the middle of the desert and kind of messing up the desert is kind of how this went down. But this, th- these individuals, they were out there taking these photographs, which are really nice photographs, by the way. If you want to uh, check it out, it's right there in the uh, the guy's Instagram. Uh, but okay, uh, so there we go. There's wow. there's a one of the last shots of the thing before sundown. And uh, so they were hanging out as the sun was going down. They were getting some good pictures and the good light. You know, the best light is when the sun goes down to take pictures, right? So they were there doing that. And uh, here we go. He says, let's read this from Ross Bernard's on Instagram. He says, if you're interested in what exactly happened to the monolith, keep reading because I was literally there. On Friday, three friends and myself drove the six hours down to the middle of nowhere in Utah and got to the trailhead around 7 p.m. after passing a sea of cars on our way in. We passed one group as we hiked towards the mysterious monolith. While another group was there when we arrived, and they left pretty quick after we got there. For the next hour and 40 minutes, we had the place to ourselves. So that's where they got those nice photographs. And, uh, right, like I said, sun going down. Perfect perfect time to be taking pictures of this stuff. Okay, so uh, the guy says, I had just finished taking some photos of the monolith under the moonlight and was taking a break, thinking about settings on my camera. I needed to change from my last battery drone flight when we heard some voices coming up the canyon. We were contemplating packing up our things as they walked up so they could enjoy it for themselves like we did. At this point, I looked down at my watch and it was 8.40 p.m. Four guys rounded the corner and two of them walked forward. They gave a couple of pushes on the monolith and one of them said, you better have got your pictures. He then gave it a big push and it went over, leaning to one side. He yelled back to his other friends that they didn't need the tools. They all came over, took this thing apart. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You guys can read it all yourself if if you're into this. But uh, yeah. They were there. They've got pictures of these guys actually knocking this sucker down and taking it. And it doesn't even appear that they were like, um, uh, you know, like uh, part of the shtick. I guess they were people that were just sick of people ruining the desert. So they just came and they're like, nope, we're taking this mf down and uh, people will stop coming. <laughs> I think that's what it was all about, <laughs> which, which is kind of cool, right? But yeah, so they're actually photographs of the people taking this down. So no, no, guys, it wasn't aliens. Aliens didn't take it down. I cannot confirm that aliens didn't put it up. It doesn't seem likely at this point because of the rivets, but I don't know. Did you see that? Did you see this being reported, Eric? No, this is uh, this is the first for me because I've been looking everywhere to see. I thought BLM took it down, honestly. And that, uh, I mean, this answers a, li- a little bit of the puzzle piece here because now we know the real question is, is, did they take it down because of the problems that they were going to have if more people were showing up and then you have somebody's car that breaks down in the middle of the desert and they end up causing, you know, helicopters come out and rescue them. And then you got tax dollars being spent and, you know, the government could have put their hand in this and said, Hey, shut it down. Much like the whole, uh, you know, storm area 51, they can't stop us all nonsense that obviously got shut down. Yeah, so, but, so um, I, I agree. Now I'm, I'm curious to see where it where, where reoccurs because if it comes back out, where next? And then will their government go in and take it down if our government did take it down because they didn't say who that was, right? They just said it was like three men that came and they were just like, hey, take your pictures, I'm effort and get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Four dudes came and just ripped it down and that was that and said something about uh, – like they, they made a comment about uh, uh, littering up the desert or something. So so a Johnson wants to know, how can you ruin a desert? It's ruined anyway. That's how. You show up and you leave your trash everywhere. You leave a big old dookie by the side of the road. You piss a couple times, and that's how you that's how you ruin a desert. <laughs> well, maybe not one person, but uh, when you get you know dozens of people every day in a place that isn't really made for this, yeah, that's how you ruin a desert. So it, it happens. But yeah, so so it could be. You're right. I think so. BLM has said that it wasn't them that took it down. This has nothing to do with the state. But uh, who knows? This could have been, you know, under cover of darkness, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time, right? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) But but you're totally right. Like, uh, so if if nobody's been to like the the actual desert, uh, right out here, uh, uh, just uh, just east of uh, Vegas, you can go out to the to uh, Death Valley. Like, actually, actually, freaking Death Valley. Uh, Mrs. Strange and I, we were out there in the in the summer one time, and it was like 135 freaking degree. It was I couldn't believe it. There's like there's like a, a huge thermometer. Right where you can get out and take your picture with the thermometer that says how hot it is out there, and then there's these like unbelievably gorgeous sand dunes that look pristine and untouched, like you would expect in like you know the, the middle of Africa with nothing around. It's crazy, but then there's all these signs that say like warning, like you know like, don't go don't go out past you know 50 feet in this or you'll die because like the the heat you know comes off these sand dunes and 130 becomes like 150. <laughs> like yeah, so there's there's places in the world where if you Break down and there's nobody around. You could die. So yeah, that's that's a good point on this. No cell phone reception, nothing. No call for help. Yeah, yeah exactly. you're going to be in bad shape. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No joke. When we were driving through, uh, I kept uh, making jokes to to Mrs. Strange there because there were. I'm not shitting you. There were vultures in the air following our car. <laughs> I was like, uh, oh man, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it is a thing. It is definitely a thing. So yeah, okay. Uh, any other thoughts on this or anything else while we got you on the phone? No, the one thing I uh, one thing I wanted to shoot you was I uh, I was reading an article today by uh, it's by the Daily um, by the it's a dot co dot uk. Um, I don't know how credible the website is, but I'll send you the link. But they did this uh, this big article on how Earth is the only. Uh, planet that is habitable and has the only form of intelligent life. And they went on to say their theory of how the planet is, Earth is the only planet throughout all the universe and everything, um, completely off subject from the monolith, of course, but um, it's something that I read it and I was like, how can you be that naive or, you know, that ignorant to say that we're the only ones that are intelligent? But they had a lot of good talking points to it. And um, I was just Googling it back up, so I'll send you the link to it, and hopefully one of the future shows, if you find something of interest in that, maybe you could speak to it a little bit. But I thought it was pretty interesting to be have that gulp to say something like that. Either that or they're just trying to get the clicks. You know? Yeah, and you know what? I, we, we did talk about that article last show, I'm pretty sure. Like, a, uh, what was it? Uh-huh. I want to say Mashable. It was written by some young lady. Like, like cause I saw it too, and my eyes almost popped out of my head. I was like, really? This this is what we're saying now. We're back to this, <laughs> like like back to like nineteen forties <laughs> journalism. Oh, we must we oh no, not even nineteen forties, like like sixteen forties, right? Oh, we must be the only intelligent life on Earth. Oh, and by the way, the the sun revolves around the Earth. <laughs> like what? <laughs> right? It's just no. crazy what people will do for clicks nowadays. Yeah, yeah. But so, I saw that and I was like, man, you you got my attention because if you're going to make some statement like this, you better have something to back it up and. Yeah, I didn't know you already already put over that, but yeah, that uh, that monolith, man. I, I really hope for Friday's show or Tuesday show, we you know we have a conversation that suddenly it's in India, and, you know, this thing's <laughs> cooking at 180 degrees with everyone else over there. We'll see. I couldn't agree more. It's 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 like a it's like a bad paranormal soap opera. So uh, we'll definitely keep our eyes peeled and <laughs> hope for something good that comes out of this. <laughs> Oh jeez! Uh, hey, always, always good to hear from you, man. Always I appreciate it. You in. too, you too, my man. I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you soon. Uh, God bless. Stay safe. Uh, we're almost there. December first, twenty twenty. Thirty hey. more days, man. Thirty more days. <laughs> oh, you geez. as well. It's snowing like hell out here. 
Oh, nice. Nice. Better you than me. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right, team. All right, brother. Take care. That's Eric from Pittsburgh. Appreciate the call, my man. Uh, talking about the monolith in Utah that showed up in Romania and disappeared from there. And yeah, uh, there's a lot, right? Like I said, kind of like a bad paranormal soap opera. But we'll we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this. Mateo wants to know who's to say that some low tech aliens don't use rivets? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I guess. I, I, I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. So okay. Anyway, there we go. I think that's uh that's probably enough on the, uh, the the monolith. But there we go. So so we had uh, people that were actually there when they saw some some people pull it down. Uh, yeah, we uh, we'll get to we'll get to D and D in the second half here, Taylor. It's it's I promise it's coming. I've got I've got all kinds of D and D clips. I, pro- I, pro- I wasn't even planning on playing them because I, ca- I always have extra just in case, right? Just in case I, you know, get tongue tied and can't really talk, but it hasn't happened. <laughs> it hasn't happened. So, okay. All right. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice, Eric. Thanks for the call. Again, that's Eric from Pittsburgh, guys. I give him some love in the chat there. He's in, both in YouTube and on Facebook, right? Super fan, super fan. Appreciate that. He, uh, he taught me what a Commonwealth state is. I'll never forget. I looked it up after that. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. There's more than one even. <laughs> and and they're really bad with their booze laws. It sucks. It sucks. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. So let's, uh, let's, uh, let's keep on moving here with some, uh, some more conspiracy news. All right. What do we got? Uh, here's another one. Let's see. How about this from LiveScience.com? Uh, let's go to China for a little bit. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's link this and then we'll keep on rolling. Uh, uh, Eric says calling isn't for the faint of nerves. No, no, you're good, bro. You were totally, you were fantastic. It's easy, right? You just get on and you talk. It's yeah, you talk. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, all right. So here we go. Uh, LiveScience.com. Chinese submarine reaches the deepest place on earth. This is about as low as any person can go. Oh, burn. Okay. But the Chinese sub, uh, submersible, the Fendhaus, Fen just reached one of the deepest spots on the planet, reaching a dizzying and dark depth of 35,791 feet, which is 10,909 meters for the metric types, according to a state-run news agency. And, it, you know, coming from the CCP, we can't be sure. <laughs> Maybe it was a little, a few feet less than that, but, you know, whatever. Close enough. Close enough. But, okay, so... uh uh, yeah, I, I thought this was pretty cool. So not only are they sending, uh, so they apparently landed a Ch- Chang'e 5 on the moon, right? We talked about Chang'e 4 and the U-2 rover on the dark side of the moon. Well, now they've landed Chang'e 5 on the moon that's supposed to be able to pick up moon rocks and somehow return them to Earth. So that's what's going on. So not only is China on the moon trying to send moon rocks back to Earth, they're also in the deepest places on Earth, the Mariana Trench. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy stuff. This is crazy stuff. All right. All right. S- slow down. Settle down here. Everybody settle down. Let's see. Uh, what's up to Axel? I don't think, it did, don't think I said hello. What's up to Johnson? Hello. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I mean, I called and talked about how Freddy Krueger was an astral dreadnought. All right. So if you want to get prepped, Dungeon Master, we're going to talk about hellhounds in the second half. How about that? <laughs> With the And how they maybe match to the, uh, the, how, the, uh, the Ozark Howler. So there you go. If you want to, if you want to prep and you want to pull out your dungeon master's guide and your monster manual, there you go. Okay. So, so, uh, if anybody wants to call, uh, you got comments on the monolith or anything else on the, the China stuff or, uh, some other, actually, actually one more quick news thing before we do, before I read the number and stuff, hold on. This is uh, this is fantastic. I pulled this out. I thought you guys would be super interested in this. When I, when I saw this article, I was like, no way we have to talk about this because Everybody here is going to be interested in this. This is reported by CheatSheet.com. All right. 
No, no, bear with me. Bear with me for a sec. Okay, or don't. But the, the headline is, Andre 3000 receives support on social media after being criticized by Young Thug. I'll just let that hang in the air. <laughs> I have no idea why, but I keep getting this crap pushed to my phone, right? Google thinks they have me figured out, and they keep pushing me weird shit. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I don't know who Andre 3000 is, and I don't know who Young Thug is, nor do I care. <laughs> really? That's news. That's news for you, right? No, somebody said something bad on somebody on social media, and everybody came to his... Uh, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. Oh, boy. Okay, let's see. Um, okay, what else? Let's see. Uh, let's see. What's up, Dave? Thanks for showing up. I see you on, on Facebook there. Uh, Jeff says, Mariana Trench is in Monterey Bay, California. I've been there many times. Is it really? I thought that was uh, that was actually in the Atlantic on the other side. I guess I'm a knucklehead. I guess I'm a knucklehead. Uh, okay, but uh, all right. So here's what we're going to do. Oh, is that old and new hip hop? Okay, okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine by me. I'm just saying, like, like, it, like if you if this was the news, if this was the actual news, you could be like, ah, such and such said such and such about such and such, and that's the news, and that's what they do. That's the clickbait. Uh, I just don't care. I just don't really care. Okay. Okay. No offense. I don't care. All right. Uh, there we go. We got, uh, if you want to be on, be on the show, you want to talk about uh, the monolith or anything else at this point, uh, this is a conspiracy show. Aliens, conspiracy, paranormal, all that stuff. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link. You can find both the phone number and the Discord at troubledminds.org. And uh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, there we go. So Bailey says, uh, Andre 3000 is the best rapper ever. He's from Outcast. Okay, there we go. I like Outcast. See, I just didn't know his name. Yeah. I, yeah, audio was, that was me. See, that was my weird noise gate, the new microphone. If I get, I have to get, see, I have to stay right on it, which is fantastic. I don't have that. Uh, th this is better. It's a new, it's a better setup because I can uh, manage it better. I had one of those pop, those pop screens that was like flopping around all the time. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. So we're good. Audio's good. Everything's good. All right. Let's uh, let's look at some more news, <laughs> and and not uh, not this guy yelling at that guy on social media. Uh, yeah, whatever. Okay. How about let's see. How about this one? Oh, oh. No. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, uh, this is interesting. <laughs> this is this is conspiratorial. How about this? How about this? Let's see. Let's see. Here we go. All right. Let's go to. Uh, Berkeley.edu, right? That would be uh, the University of Berkeley, the, uh, you know, California, the famous Berkeley. Sprinkling of neural dust opens door to electroceuticals. <laughs> That's the headline here. Uh, and this is now, now not only is this terrifying, this is not new. So I've said, I, I've actually said in, on this show, that uh, I, I can't take this this neural dust stuff serious because I've never seen any like scientific papers that back this up. Okay, well, <laughs> okay, well, I was uh, looking, and apparently, like we we talked about that gel, right? I don't think I can say the full term, the full word, a couple shows back. But uh, this this is another one. So let's read this. UC Berkeley engineers have built the first dust sized wireless sensors that can be implanted in the body, bringing closer the day when a Fitbit-like device could monitor internal nerves, muscles, or organs in real time. And this is from August 3rd, 2016. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> this is from a world that had no idea Donald Trump would become president. <laughs> in a naive world, <laughs> it was just cruising along. It's a, this continues because these battery-less sensors could also be used to stimulate nerves and muscles. The technology also opens the door to electroceuticals to treat disorders such as epilepsy or to stimulate the immune system or tamp down inflammation. The so-called neural dust, which the team implanted in the muscles and peripheral nerves of rats, is unique in that ultrasound is used both to power and read out the measurements. Ultrasound technology is already well developed for hospital use and ultrasound vibrations can penetrate nearly anywhere in the body. Unlike radio waves, researchers said, I don't know though. I think radio waves can touch the soul. What do you think? (laughs) What do you think? What do you think? Uh, what's up? Adrian says, uh, nice micro quality. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, Kelly, what's up? How you doing? Uh, I didn't say hi to Kelly when he came in. What's up, my man? Yeah, Kelly, yo, bro. Yeah, it's been around called Smart Dust. Yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, 2016. Uh, sprinkling of neural dust opens door to electroceuticals. So, yeah, uh, correct me. See, like I said, I don't have the answers, guys. I'm just uh, I'm just stumbling through trying to figure it out as well. Okay, so let's see. Um, what else do we got? What time is it and how are we looking? I'm a... So I can usually measure the time of the show by how, how much beer I've, I've uh, consumed. So this is, uh, I'm halfway through beer number two. So that's about right. That's about right. That's about right. Okay. So if anybody wants to uh, comment or whatever, give me a call. 702-957-1037. If you have, a, you just want to say hi, like uh, like Eric said, it's nerve wracking, right? It's okay. <laughs> just just a conversation. Just 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 you and me. Give me a call. Uh, you can join the Discord, please do. And if uh, something happens, like a, for instance, if we uh, if we get taken offline for whatever reason, the place you're going to find the most up to date information is the Discord. So if you haven't joined that yet, please do go to go to the website troubleminds.org. Join the Discord. Click as uh, click the link right on top. It'll uh, invite you right to the server. Get you in there, and uh, there you go. Lots of lots of people in there sharing lots of good stuff, lots of good information, and uh, yeah, that's that's all positive nobody nobody's shitting on each other over there how about that right who knew <laughs> who knew you could have a bunch of people in the same spot and uh, nobody's shitting on each other 
Interesting. Let's see. Uh, Adrian says, what's up, Adrian? He says, oh, yes, video of Gates talking about that very thing today. So many wonderful inventions that can actually help people. They turn into nightmare control and surveillance, right? That's uh, the Chinese surveillance state coming to get you, coming to a, to a, to a, to a, uh, a, a place near you. Let's see. Uh, Elizabeth says, Every, everything is obviously a frequency. Uh, Sherry says, my ears are ringing crazy. Is that because of me? Is that because of the hiss or something else? Something else going on? I don't know. Let's see. What's up? We got, uh, let's see, uh, Atlians. He raps like half the album. Okay. All right. Well, uh, well then I, I like the guy. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eddie says, uh, that's some creepy stuff like Borg tech. I agree, right? Neural dust opens door to electroceuticals, right? Creating a, <laughs> creating a bizarre, bizarre new futures for us. Okay, let's see. What else do we got? There's other stuff here. Oh, uh, speaking of which, let's see. Um, all right. All right, let's do this. Speaking of, no, that's not the one I wanted. That's not the one I wanted. All right, come on, come on. Oh, how about this one? Let's do this one. We haven't, we haven't talked about uh, climate change and scientific consensus yet. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this one, guys. Oh boy! Right, this is a. All right, this is a. This is to you, uh, right to the heart of the Georgia Guidestones. So if if you guys, are, if you guys are into that, you might be into this. Reported by Earther.Gizmodo.com. Young Americans are scared to have kids because of climate change. Dun dun dun! What's up, Sean? Sean from Canada. Thanks for showing up, my man. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the world's leading climate scientists have made it abundantly clear that the only way to avert Catastrophic climate breakdown is to quickly decarbonize the entire global economy. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to read that slowly so that can sink in. <laughs> All right, just so it can sink in. The world's leading climate scientists have made it abundantly clear that the only way to avert catastrophe, or sorry, avert catastrophic climate breakdown is to quickly decarbonize the entire global economy. Hmm. But so far, world leaders aren't making anything close to the necessary changes. To avoid subjecting any more people to a hellish future, many people are choosing not to have children, a new study found. Yeah. To avoid subjecting any more people to a hellish future, many people are choosing not to have children, a new study found. Now you tell me. <laughs> What's Eric says? <laughs> Should be more scared of child support. <laughs> there you go. Right. There's a there are a lot of things here, a lot, a lot going on in this. Right. Is this a, is it OK? So is this is this the case in, in like a World War Two world? <laughs> any 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 like basically any time in history has their challenges. Right. But is that a reason to not have children, guys? Just I'm just throwing it out there. Climate change, really? We, we can't we can't adapt this to this and overcome this. Uh, Mateo says agenda on top of agenda using climate change to depopulate. Perfect. Right. There you go. You said it. You said it. Let's see. Uh, and uh, not only, so not only did you say it, you know what? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, right. Unbelievable that you would go there. Really? Oh, I did guess. I guess I did bring up the Georgia Guidestones. So, okay. All right. Uh, Dave says, I choose not to have children because I like my money. Well, there you go. Right. That's a little different than, uh, you know, damning, damning the, the future of children to a hellish future to subject, to avoid subjecting any more people to a hellish future. Many people are choosing not to have children. A new study found. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, uh, think about how absurd that is on its face, right? So, okay. So, so the thing is, if the human race is to continue, you got to have kids, right? Yeah, like, you know, people got to have kids. That's just the way it is, right? Like, that's literally the one thing that will definitely end the human race is if everybody stopped having kids because they were scared of climate change. So do you see how upside down and backwards this is? Not only that, right? So let's say there are challenges that we need to overcome. We can't do that without our brilliant kids, right? Kids, as technology develops, these kids are born. You've seen kids with an iPad these days. You've seen kids hacking whatever they're hacking at age eight with a laptop. Like, they, they, there's that growth spurt in a child's brain where they are far superior mentally than any adult could ever be, right? Regardless of wisdom, because it's a genetic thing. It's a, it's a growth thing. It's, a, it's part of who we are. We're, we're, we gain this knowledge very quickly as a child. And so as a result of this, if we stop having these kids, <laughs> who's going to save us? You boomers? You bunch of boomers? <laughs> oh, geez. I tell you what. I tell you what. There's, there's just, uh, there's just, yeah. What, what are you going to do? Joe says, stay single and go to, <laughs> go to seeking arrangements. Pay for your shit and kick them out. There you go. There you go. Uh, Robert says, I'm so late to this party. Well, you're here. That's what counts. That's what counts. But yeah, I mean, uh, upside down and backwards, right? One, one more time, we live in the upside down. And I, I just, I, like, the more I see this type of stuff, the more I cringe, right? I was talking to an academic on Twitch, right? You know, this is crazy. This is crazy, right? So if, if you guys haven't been on Twitch recently, now this is nuts. Twitch has turned into everything because of COVID, right? Because people are staying home. So you get you get like uh, you you get like the young ladies in yoga pants, like you know, doing you know, quote yoga <laughs> on, on on stream, right? And that's where all the, that's where all the young young men are, right? They're watching the, the yoga in the yoga pants. But there's also a ton of people, which actually didn't used to be allowed on Twitch, by the way. They they would ban you for that. But now it's 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 cool. It's kosher. But okay. But I found I shit you not. I found a philosophy professor that actually teaches at a university. He's got a PhD in philosophy and he was streaming on Twitch. <laughs> like this is what's going on on Twitch. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. So anyway, all right. Anyway, if, uh, if you guys have comments on this or anything else, 702-957-1037, click the discord link, troubledminds.org. We'll put you on the show. You can talk to me and whoever you might want to talk to. What's up? Steven says, I'm a full blooded human. Yes. Yes. Me too. Me too. Let's see. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, let's see. Ark says, uh, I have to ask, what do you think about the EU bringing space trash back to Earth? Uh, um, I think it seems counterintuitive, don't you? I th so, okay, so if, if the Euro European Union is putting technology out there to bring trash back to Earth that's in orbit, don't you think it would make more sense to like maybe give it like a little kick and kick it out of orbit? <laughs> that's it. Out there, out there into the cosmos. I mean, that's a big landfill, right? That's a big old landfill. I, th I think it seems counterintuitive. That's a that's a good question. I think uh, I think maybe maybe that's where you're going with that. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Again, we live it. We live in the upside down and the backwards, right? Then this is this is what we do. This is what we do. We uh, we uh, make up uh, bizarre things that are supposed to. Uh, <laughs> change things for the better and they just don't make any sense. 
Yeah, I don't know. That like it's already in space. Let's just kick it out there and let it let it float. Let it do its thing. All right, let's see. What else? We got some more more news here. What else do we got? Uh, all right, we talked about that. We did this. We got that. Uh, the monolith, facial recognition, uh, China and the submarine. Uh, here's another one. So if if you guys want a good example of, uh, it's not letting me in because the Mercury News. I think I've, I think I've uh, surpassed my my quota here of looking at their site without paying them. Here we go. Look at this. The Mercury News reports this. You guys may have seen this. Uh, it's like this. Biden chooses an all-female senior White House press team, right? It's like, yeah, right? Yeah. Now we're talking, right? We're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. This, this grotesque pop-up's just, you can't even, okay. Anyway, so the Mercury News, you can screw off because I can't even look at your article for 10 seconds without you kicking me off. But anyway, so, okay, so Biden gets the whole female press team, right? Awesome, right? You, you would think the way they report this and the way they coddle this guy that uh, it was a first, right? Well, let's go to Twitter and Kaylee McEnany, who's currently President Real Donald Trump, already has all-female senior White House press team. So does the VP, so does the First Lady, and so does the Second Lady. <laughs> just, you know, just, you know, as a, as a, as a, uh, as a, as a, uh, it's not news. It's not. This is not news. You know what I mean. But this is how the this is how the the the, the press will treat this guy. It's it's unbelievable. And so this is the thing, right? So if you guys think I lean right, it's not that. All right, it's not that. It's because I look at all the media and it's always just like like leans unbelievably hard left, and I just I, I just can't shake it. I'm like I look at everything I see. Like eighty percent of the news I get is like. You know, orange man bad, like I always say, or right. So like they celebrate it when Biden does it, like it's some thing that's never happened before, and it you, <laughs> it's it's happening. It's already happening. Just nobody wants to talk about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, what else do we got? Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, shoot it at the sun. I say says that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like uh, I think Bill Nye, the science guy, said that. Uh, it's a closed system and we can't actually get rid of the garbage. So maybe, maybe they consulted Bill Nye, the science guy, and he's the one, maybe he's the one speaking of Bill Nye. I think I have an article. <laughs> I, I rarely, rarely talk about that guy, but it, there's, there's a weird, uh, maybe weird synchronicity here. Let's, let's find Bill Nye real fast and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wind this up. Uh, yeah, we're about there. Okay. Uh, if you guys have comments, you, uh, you want to talk about this or anything else, it's uh, this is your show too. 702-957-1037. Click the discord link troubledminds.org you can find the phone number and the discord and uh, get in here get in here i'd love to hear from you all right now let's see bill nye the science guy did i pull this out or did i not did i not where is this so many articles holy smackerel let's see let's see okay young americans scared of having kids uh nope 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 okay all right I'll have to find this in a sec. All right, let's go to this instead. Let's go to this. I'll, I'll pull the Bill Nye out because it's definitely in my, my Discord links there. Okay, here we go. We're going to go to this one instead. <laughs> We're going to go to this. Uh, all right, so uh, this is from sciencealert.com, and uh, this, is, this is good to know, right? This, this, this is good to know. From November 27th, 2020, brain scans confirm that there's a part of you that remains you throughout your life. Oh, oh, well, thank God for that, right? <laughs> I'm telling you what, I hate to phase in and out of me being me and somebody else. But let's read some of this. At the very core of your identity, a kernel of self-awareness combines memories of the past with the fleeting sensation, sensations of the present and adds a touch of antis anticipation for the future. Sounds like bad poetry. 
The question of whether this ongoing sense of you is as robust as it feels has intrigued philosophers and psychologists throughout the ages. A new small psychobiological study weighs in, looking at brain scans to conclude that at least some part of you is indeed consistent as you grow and age. <laughs> I think that, <laughs> is anybody surprised by this? <laughs> What's up, Stephen says, how deep is the rabbit hole? Well, the rabbit hole apparently is that science confirms <laughs> the obvious. This, this is like, like saying, did you know that dogs... If you teach them properly, they will fetch and bring you what you throw. <laughs> oh, no shit. Whoa. Mind-blowing. But yeah, this is, this is science, right? It's, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that we end up uh, uh, looking at these studies and uh, exactly. Well, thank goodness, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Taylor says, wow, I was worried. Why wasn't going to be me? Uh, Sherry says, when you pass away, your personality stays the same. Right? Right? I'm, I'm just saying, like, Okay, well, the brain, since the brain scans confirm it, this is real. This is real, guys. So you don't have to worry that you're going to wake up tomorrow and you'll be somebody else. If you do, there will still be part of you, inside of you. So here we go. I'm going to read this again because this is fantastic. The, the, <laughs> the, the question of whether this ongoing sense of you is as robust as it feels has intrigued philosophers and psychologists throughout the ages. A new small psychobiological study weighs in looking at brain scans to conclude that at least some part of you is indeed consistent as you grow and age. <laughs> yeah. Miguel Rubianis says this. In our study, we tried to answer the question of whether we are the same person throughout our lives. <laughs> yeah. ah, ah. Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, snorted. I actually snorted. <laughs> That's how funny that Fred says. Wow, what a relief. And he says, how much money did that bunk study cost? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Uh, yeah, Bailey says, I really want to know if it's the right side of the, if it's in the right side of the frontal lobe. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a hell of a question. I have no idea. Uh, Rob says, your spirit is the real you, right? I, I, again, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll I'll find the uh, the philosophy professor on uh, on Twitch and we'll we'll get to the bottom of that. <laughs> I'm not gonna let him off the hook so easily. Uh, okay. All right. Let's uh, let's finish this up and then we'll do part two of uh, this show. Will be uh, we're gonna talk about cryptids. We're gonna talk about the the Arkansas howler tonight, and we're gonna get to uh, get to hellhounds after that and how they may be linked. I was actually surprised. I was kind of going through. Uh, I'll tell you after. <laughs> I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. Fred says growing old sucks. Don't do it. There you go. There you go. Eddie says, I think they are trying to make make up for lost budget. Yeah, right? Right? Uh, it, it, it doesn't make sense here. Like, uh, you, you brain scan to find out that you remain you throughout your life. I think, I think basically if you, you know, you just have any kind of common sense, I think that will probably tell you what you need to know. Yeah, tell you what you need to know. Okay, so anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's see. What else do we got? All right. Uh, one or two more. One or two more. Then we'll finish this. Oh, I promised I'd find Bill Nye. Speaking of Bill Nye, let's find Bill Nye, the science guy, and his thing. His thing here. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, what's up, Ash, if you're still out there? I got a message from Ash. And he's a funny guy. All right. Let's see. Um, hold on. Let me get this. Where is this Bill Nye, the science guy article? 
this is this is this is funny because well you know Bill Nye, the science guy, he said it was a, so the reason I bring it up is because regarding the junk in space, he said it was a closed system, right? He says that you can't get like a, you know, talking about ideas of getting, you know, garbage into space or throwing it into the sun or these types of things, right? It was like, all right, well, we're going to, uh, you know, we can't do that because it's a, it is a closed system. We can't, we, you know, it's not, it's not a thing. It's not possible, right? Even though there's all kinds of technology kind of claiming that you could put a, uh, like a, like a, a cable from the, the earth to the moon. And, you know, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's some options here. But anyway, here we go. Reported by LiveScience.com. Give the gift of Bill Nye with his virtual reality science kit. There you go. There you go. There's Bill Nye. I promise Bill Nye. And I really only pulled this up to make fun of him, but because <laughs> nobody listens to Bill Nye. <laughs> right? Does anybody really? I think you have to be like a kid to listen to Bill Nye because, you know, the, the stuff that comes out of his mouth, you're like, oh, this guy's not a scientist. He's a lion propagandist. But hey, whatever. What's up, Bill Nye? <laughs> there you go. So if you guys want to, so, uh, so, okay, so I'm not shitting on science. Everybody relax. But I am saying that uh, don't take your science advice from Bill Nye. But this science kit looks cool, and, you know, I'm not going to sell his product for him, so he can, he can do it himself. But okay, there you go. <laughs> what? Uh, yes, yes. All right. As we finish this up, let's read some more chat and then we'll, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to cryptids in the second half. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, what movie geo says it's the first five to 10 minutes of the movie idiocracy. Everyone smart is scared to have kids and only the dumbest people reproduce. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. What's up, Benjamin? Finally, finally. What's up, man? Finally, what? Finally, what? All right. Let's see. Uh, Fred says, uh, wouldn't it burn up in the atmosphere? No, I think if I think if you put a cable attached to the moon, and it was some sort of a, actually here, let's let's pull it up. We got a couple minutes. There's like a thing. Hold on, it's a thing. It's like a it's been it's been actually uh, put uh, put out there as a as an option of getting things cheaply to the moon, right? So imagine we have a moon base, and it's extremely expensive using uh, um, uh, rocket fuel to get things to the moon, right? Because of how heavy it is. Let's see, let's see, cable to moon. Watch this. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so there's a, we talked about this in the past. There's some sort of scientific thing where they say, here, here it is, futurism.com. So they've said it's possible. They said this thing is possible. And so if you can actually get things to the moon cheaply, then you can, you know, clearly toss them off into space, you know. Uh, so here, here we go. Let's link this and kind of, kind of round this conversation up and then done. All right. Uh, what's up, Benjamin? Uh, we started We started about an hour and a half ago. Okay, so here we go. Uh, this is from futurism.com, and this is it. These researchers want to run a cable from the Earth to the moon. It's a space elevator concept that could actually work, right? So this is, uh, this is actually from uh, 2019. We talked about this when it came out. It would be, it would be much easier to escape, escape Earth's gravity if you could skip the energy-intensive rockets. That's the idea behind the space line, a newly proposed type of space elevator that would link the Earth and moon in a bid drastically to cut the cost of space travel described in the research uh, published in the preprint server rxiv by researchers of columbia university in cambridge the space line will be tethered to the surface of the moon and dangled down into geostationary orbit around the earth like a plumb bob waiting for astronauts to latch on and ride into the cosmos the proof of concept paper was that the space line could be constructed out of materials that exist today Raising the possibility of easier space travel and perhaps even orbitable or <laughs> orbitable or whoa orbital settlements. See what I did there? See, you don't have to be worried, Eric. You just step on your 
uh, put your tongue in your mouth or put your foot in your mouth. See, I can't even do it. Put your, put your foot in your mouth enough, and then it doesn't even it doesn't even matter anymore because you just get used to doing it. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Yeah, gonna need a long cable. I agree. But anyway, here's the paper. If you guys want to look at it, it's it apparently is a thing. Apparently is a thing. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Bailey says a. Uh, Let's see. The thing is that if they found it in the right side of the frontal lobe, it's likely part of the God gene, which also is attributed to that location, likely identifying the soul. The virus going around attacks the God gene in the eighth chromosome. More than coincidence if it's there, IMO. Uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Google also tried making an elevator to space for this purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's a plumb bob? I don't know what the hell a plumb bob is. Anyway, there's the paper if you guys want to check it out. And I did link it. And uh, yeah, so apparently it's possible, right? So apparently it's possible and it's a thing. So if that if that's the case, right, and you can get things cheaply to the moon, then you can just kick garbage off into space forever, right? I mean, not that it's really the responsible thing to do, but well, <laughs> possible is possible, isn't it? Okay, so uh, let's, uh, let's we're done here. We're, we're done talking about conspiracy news. If you guys want to, uh, we're looking for you, waiting for you. Uh, this is your show as well. Remember, you don't have to be Linda Moulton Howe to be on this show. You just, uh, or Art Bell, uh, rest in peace, Art Bell, uh, or any of these guys, right? Uh, or Jeremy Corbell. <laughs> <laughs> or Tom DeLong. You don't have to be any of these folks. Just, uh, just This is your show, too. If you want to be a part of the show, just dial his phone number, 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link. And, uh, we'll, yeah, that's the deal. So we're going to uh, uh, take a quick two-minute break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about cryptids. We're going to get to the uh, the Arkansas Howler, and then we're going to get to Hellhounds after that and how they might be connected. And, uh, oddly enough, I'll explain the connection and how it kind of came to me. But uh, anyway, here we go. A uh, couple-minute break. Uh, go, uh, go top off your drink. Uh, stretch your legs. Do your thing. And uh, hit the restroom if you have to. And we'll be back to talk about cryptids in just one moment. And I leave you with, let's see, how about this music right here. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Is that two minutes? I don't know. I can't really count. We'll call that two minutes. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's fade this sucker out. All right. Welcome back to Trouble Mind Radio. Yeah, we're going to talk about cryptids tonight. And uh, and actually, uh, actually, I'll, I'll save this for that, for the end of the show. But uh, a nice announcement for Friday's show as well. We're going to have a really hot show on Friday. Okay. So, uh, uh. Let's uh, let's get started here. Let's see. Okay. Um, what do we got? Catching up with the chat. Uh, break time over. Yep. Yep. Let's see. Uh, what's up? What's up? Uh, Robert says, I don't want uh, to be Art Bell or any of those others Michael Strange mentioned. I want to be Greta. Greta. Yes, you do. How <laughs> yes, dare you? Do. There you go. You got it. You got you got your Greta. You want your Greta? You got your Greta. 
Yeah, she she definitely has the uh, the the je ne sais quoi, right? Definitely, I think I think that's the extent of my French. Let's see. Um, yeah, <laughs> putting your tongue in your mouth. Uh, see, I told you, I told you, right? It doesn't matter. You just say whatever the hell you say, and it just comes out the way it comes out. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's okay, and sometimes it's not. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Um, let's start with. Uh, let's see. How about we'll start with this. This is. Not Cryptomundo. Let's start with this. The Ministry of Truth. We're going to start with uh, uh, the Ozark Howler. Here we go. Now, what that is, if you guys don't know what that is, this is uh, this should be a wild ride. From the Ministry of Truth. In Arkansas folklore, the Howler is a creature said to dwell in the Ozarks. According to tradition, the creature is bear-like in shape with a gray-colored shaggy coat. On December 2015, the Arkansas television station 40-29 News reported that it had received photographs purported to be images of the creature from a viewer. The station contacted the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, who responded that they had heard no claims of sightings of the creature and said that the images sent to the station were a hoax. However, recorded call... uh, What's that? Recorded call records. Is that how you... Wouldn't you use another word? Okay. Call, however, call records to the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission during the fall of 2014 reveal reported sightings of the beast in Benton County, Arkansas. And in October 2014, a recorded emergency call received by the AGC, AGFC indicates a motorist nearby collided with an unidentified mammal at 9.45 p.m. The recorded phone conversation, conversation reveals that armed state wildlife officers were immediately dispatched to investigate the bear-sized gray fast-running animal on Pump Station Road in Springdale. All right. So it's a thing. This is the thing, right? The Ar- Arkansas Howler is the Ozark Howler is the thing, right? In the uh, the Ozarks and yeah. So what does that mean? What is it? What is this and uh, what the hell is going on? Let's go to OzarkHowler.com. Uh, yeah, the Ozarks, Arkansas. That's that's where this went down. All right, here we go. So so not only that, so like, so like many of the, the folklore and uh, the rest of this stuff, uh, th- there seems to be connections, right? So sometimes, sometimes you can go back in in uh, in time, dozens, hundreds, thousands of years, even, right? Like uh, like uh, uh, Sean says, ancient Indian skinwalker, right? Like exactly, like those types of legends, right? They they really go back, and uh, don't seem to be like a modern um, the social media concoction, like the uh, the monolith, right? Or something like that. It ends up, uh, you know, being able to merge this this folklore with with. Uh, what's happening today. And then that's, you know, that, that, that's how, that's how I would assume uh, that uh, at least it's how I go about trying to figure out if this stuff's real or not. Right. Like how far back does it go? Are there any sources on this? Are there actually, you know, kind of uh, unwritten tales that have been uh, maybe passed along for a long time and then finally got written down like these types of things. Right. I think that these, these kind of lend credence to the existence or not existence of these things if they, they actually are. So anyway, all right, there we go. So, uh, <laughs> Robert says, I think I married the Ozark Howler's daughter. Hey, be nice. Hey, be nice. Hey, let's see. Uh, Steven says, oh, wait, uh, they said that the wolfhound was a protector for the the tribe in northern Michigan. Maybe, right? Maybe, right? You guys, you, you guys. Uh, yes, yeah, skinwalkers, right? As, as Speaking of skinwalkers, stay tuned for the Friday show. <laughs> Gonna have a good one. Okay, here we go. So let's see. Uh, the Ozark Howler uh, is home. Uh, the Ozarks is home to a large, mysterious creature that is said by some to resemble a dark, shaggy, grotesque panther. 
And so the ghost, the the howler is usually described as being very dark or black, having stout legs, powerful shoulders, long claws, long canine teeth, and a muscular body. It is said to have a shorter tail, sometimes described as having rings like a raccoon's tail, but fainter. Sounds a little bit like the chupacabra description to me. And this continues. It is described as having some lynx-like features, such as pointy ears and possibly a split beard that may be mistaken for saber teeth at a distance. But some witnesses insist that they saw saber teeth or tusks. Because of these features, some believe the Ozark Howler to be a lynx, a very large bobcat, and perhaps a mountain lion, sometimes referred to a catamount, short for cat of the mountains. However, full-grown Ozark Howlers are said to be several times larger than a typical mountain lion and are nearly always referred to as panthers. The Ozark Howler is known for making a variety of strange sounds resembling the full repertoire of a typical panther. It is apparently migratory, but at certain times of the year, it will settle in an area and is territorial. It leaves territory marking signs such as claw raking on trees, prey remains, large cat-like te- teeth marks, and rarely tracks. The remains of its prey can be found in found high in trees, hidden under brambles, between rocks, and or in caves. Uh, because of its oh wait, let's see. Okay, good. Because of its uh, description, signs and behavior resemble a panther. Many believe that the Ozark Howler is simply a huge unidentified panther or perhaps a living ancient relic American cat from the fossil records. But unlike a panther, its screams and howls can be heard from miles away. There are reports of it being able to walk bipedally over a short distance, and because it naturally carries its head low to the ground, there are some reports of it then being headless. It is sometimes said to have bushy fur and a slight snout. Okay, now this website in particular, uh, the Ozark Howler, it's just ozarkhowler.com. And it's uh, there's some interesting stuff here because uh, not only does it go through and like uh, clearly has a fantastic description here, right? It's got names this, right? The different things they were called like the, the Wowzer, the Wampus Rat, the Whistling Wampus, the, the Booger Dog, the Booger Cat, the Bear Cat, Catamount. Uh, what is it? A uh, phantom cat, panther, Indian devil, devil cat, Santa, black panther, uh, et cetera, so on, right? So they have uh, interesting uh, takes here on all this stuff. And it's, you know, it's just, it's ozarkaller.com, right? So you expect, expect it, what it to be. But they have a nice thing on the bottom here with hoaxes and frauds. And not only that, the thing that I noticed was, which was pretty cool, like that other one we did, uh, when we talked about uh, the dog man, they have these websites where these guys kind of track the dog men and stuff. This, uh, in the About Us section of this website, they actually have uh, sightings. Like, uh, here, hold on. Let me uh, link this, and uh, we'll talk about this in a sec. We'll talk about this in just a sec. All right, so um, let's see. Uh, confusion with Bigfoot and Sasquatch, and so they have actual reports here. So, uh, like, we, we can link one of these. A panther turns out to be a Bigfoot, right? So let's uh, let's click on this, and it goes to the from the files of Bobby Hamilton, the GCBRO. Uh, early fall 1975, the Cherokee County out of Jacksonville, Texas. Uh, lots of pine trees, rolling hills. Here we go. Observe. I was a young girl then, between the ages of 11 and 12 years old. We lived off a FM road out fairly near Lake Jacksonville. I would rather not divulge to the public any closer directions than that. I know that Bobby Hamilton knows the area since he was raised in this area and is a longtime friend of the families involved. But I don't want anybody else bothering the in, uh, involved individuals since they are all much older now and don't need the harassment. Uh, so let's see. Anyway, in this night in particular, we were all sitting around the living room talking, and we had the windows all raised and was just doing family stuff when we heard the the panther scream right behind the house. The dogs were having a fit, so my uncle said, I'm fixing to get me that panther. With that, he grabbed his gun and light and headed out the back door. He cut the dogs loose, and they, and they uh, ran part of the way up the mountain behind his house, and he followed. 
They ran up to one thick bushy part and stopped, turned around and headed back to the mountain. He got to this point by himself as the dogs seemed to cower after they had gotten here. Anyway, he ran all the way up there in the dark so as not to spook it off nearly as easily as he would of using the flashlight. So he turned on and shone the light into the bush and moved closer and saw something that totally freaked him out. He came back to the house and put his gun gun up and sat down. He was white as a ghost, uh, so to speak. We asked what was wrong and he stated, quote, I looked into the, into the brush and my light caught something odd. I really focused my eyes and attention toward this odd thing and then I realized... I was seeing something that I never seen before. In fact, I don't know if anybody has ever seen this thing before. There and behind the thick brush was a creature that stood about eight feet tall. It was covered in black hair. It kind of put me in the mind of an ape, but it also looked kind of like a man in one sense. And after staring at it for what seemed like an eternity, which was probably actually only three to five seconds, it turned and walked up off the mountain on two legs. After seeing this, I just turned and hightailed it back here to the house. So there you go. So uh, uh, Grandpa went out to, to, to get himself a, uh, a a cougar or a mountain lion, and yeah, that's uh, there we go. So there's there's some pretty good uh, accounts here, right? So what is that? Is that, yeah, so Skunk Ape says Larry. What's up with uh, and some other stuff? Uh, Taylor says it's a displacer beast. <laughs> I mean, a displacer beast have two tails, but it explains how it vanishes when needed, right? There's your D&D stuff right there. Uh, claw marks, uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, interesting because uh, some of this is, is could be confused with like the, the Bigfoot or the Sasquatch legend, right? Um, does anybody live out in that area? I don't know if we have anybody that kind of lives near near the Ozarks or has heard of the uh, the Ozark Howler. Um, but uh, there, there, so some of the reports I read regarding this, they they talked about actual panthers, like um like the like a black panthers that live out there, um, and so it's uh it, it could be. Like they said, it could be like an old, an old, uh, like really small population of just really large black panthers, which of course are native to more, uh, you know, Mexico, South America type, type areas. But you know, moving uh, as far up as uh, the Ozarks wouldn't be unheard of. People, people uh, uh, migrate all over, all over the damn place, right? Uh, Mateo says shapeshifter, Sasquatch pet dog, and then Sherry says pure karma. <laughs> for the guy, the guy that went after it. Uh, Bailey says, I think skinwalkers are reptilians, to be honest. Ah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll talk about skinwalkers in a little bit. Uh, Eddie says, I think that's just what it is, a giant ancient-like cat. Uh, cat genetics are very complex. Um, features can re- reprise generations later. And yeah, it could be, right? So so that's what they talk about. So let's let's see if we can get some pictures here of what these things are supposed to look like. So that's uh, Ozark, com, And they have some other things, right? Some... Uh, Bigfoot or Panther, big gray thing on all fours, kills over 90 goats. Like there's, there's, there's actually um, some pretty fantastic uh, links here on this website where they go to uh, uh, firsthand sightings of these things or, or, you know, actually uh, encounters with them. So pretty good stuff, pretty good stuff here. Uh, so, you know, there's, it's one thing to have like a fan site up and, you know, with some fan art and talk about the Ozark Howler and, you know, but then there's actually like links to some some websites here that uh, have people, you know, eyewitness accounts, which are pretty cool. Uh, here we go. So it's, uh, here's another one, OzarkHowler.info. Now, we'll play some clips in a second and let uh, somebody else tell you about Ozark Howlers. But, uh, yeah, there we go. Black Cat. Black Cat says, uh, says Sean, the mast. What's up, buddy? <laughs> uh, Elizabeth says, Arkansas Bigfoot. Yeah, it kind of seems like, right? It definitely seems like it. Okay, so here we go. This is what the, the skeleton uh, kind of looks like of what they say the Ozark Howler would be. Um, I think they're selling these, these skeletons, like little plastic skeletons. But you see it's kind of like an all fours type thing. 
supposedly has horns, kind of like a big saber-toothed cat, or, you know, like, not not the horns, but the big teeth. Yeah, so some interesting stuff here. So, again, like, this is kind of what I was saying. The info. they're kind of selling some merchandise and doing some stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just uh, not necessarily the place you want to go for uh, for actual information on this stuff. But let's see. Let's click the resources and find out. Actually, I take that back. There's an entire resources page here, which I didn't actually see until just a second. And there's a ton more, a ton more sightings here, right? Uh, or not sightings. Let's see. Uh, different websites. Anyway, this is why didn't I start here? I should have started here. <laughs> but okay. Anyway, anyway, let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, Stephen says that's what they're saying. It could be all related, classified under aliens. Oh, I see. I see. Taylor says put glasses on the edges of the tables out in the bush. If you see them, uh, stop uh, to knock them off. It's a cat. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eddie wants to know why does it have Satan horns? That's that's a good question. <laughs> that's a very good question. That's a very good question. Okay, so anyway, here's Ozark Caller information. Let's let's play a couple clips here on uh, what these things are. And uh, this stuff is again fantastic information from YouTube. I couldn't find a ton of stuff on YouTube about the Howlers, unfortunately, the Ozark Howler. But I did find a little bit. So let's play this, and we'll start with uh, the Ozark Howler. And interestingly, how uh, this may be uh, from some of the information a modern concoction where it kind of doesn't go back, uh, you know, dozens of generations type things. So, so let's see. Let's see what they say about this, and then we'll, we'll keep on moving here. Talking about the Ozark cryptids, and then uh, we're going to get to Hellhounds after this, and how it kind of maybe uh, matches up with what you what you might call what, like a Bigfoot, or uh, maybe maybe the Hellhound myth, or uh, whatever's going on here. So there's there's tons of stuff, like uh, like Bailey said, the Skinwalker, or like uh, like uh, Penny just said, the Skinwalker. There's a there's a lot here that uh, right we, when we're talking about unknown critters out in the wild, um, the dogmen, like we've talked about them in the past, and you know there there are some credible um, witnesses that have seen these things and can describe them in detail. So here we go, part one, the Ozark. Uh, wait, is that what it's called? I uh, forgot the name already. Yep, the Ozark Howler. Here we go. Ozark Howler, part one, action. Yeah, but our subject today is the Ozark Howler, and I guess we have to ask ourselves, could this creature actually exist? Because when I look at pictures of what people think this thing looks like, it looks like the stunt double of the beast from Beauty and the Beast. Well, biologically, there are some possibilities here. Well, it's described as being a large cat with horns. Many cats possess pronounced ear tufts, and they can kind of resemble horns, particularly in the dark. Another possibility? Amazingly enough, in Indonesia, there's a species of cat that has large bony ridges that greatly resemble horns. Another possibility? There is a genetic deformity that can cause a cat to grow bone spurs, and if on the head, will appear to be horns. So, okay guys, so when you guys ever try to research the Ozark Caller, everybody's going to tell you that the sound that it makes is like the mixture of a wolf's howl and an elk's bugle. But nobody's ever really tried to, like, give a sound that may actually sound like that or give any sort of evidence. We're going to give that a shot. I tried to splice together an actual wolf howl and an elk bugle together to see where, what possibly could this sound like. Here's our best guess. Headphones warning, guys. So there you go, guys. That's the elusive call of the Ozark Howler. It sounds like the sound we make when we get in the shower whenever it's too cold. Like... <laughs> it just definitely does not sound very happy. Okay, guys. And when you do research on the Ozark Howler, you're going to find... 
two photos that are going to predominantly come up with people claiming that they've actually captured the Ozark Howler on camera. And we're going to show you those two photos. And the first one we have... Okay, so I have these photos, but I'm going to go back to that sound, actually. So he, as, as they describe the sound of this thing, he's actually tried to splice together the two sounds of the animal to get what this might sound like. So, so let's, let's, I'll skip to the part again, but uh, listen to what this thing might actually sound like. This is what is, it is described as by witnesses or people who've had close encounters with this thing. This, uh, this was our caller. So check this out uh, one more time. Let's see. Let's just yeah, go straight to it. That definitely sounds <laughs> unnatural. Unnatural. That sure is crazy, man. Crazy, man. I thought that was pretty funny, the, the shower joke. The guy, the guy made a good joke. You got props for props for due. Elizabeth says, sounds like Oregon elk. Yeah, let's play that again. If you guys have heard this, or maybe, maybe you uh, maybe you live in that area. Like I said, is, do we have anybody listening that lives out in that area that maybe uh, maybe has one of these living in the backyard? I thought, I thought it was pretty cool and uh, clever of them to try and uh, recreate the sound based on um, how people describe it. So here we go. One more time. Uh, what the howler might actually sound like uh, in a sound lab <laughs> put out to the world for uh, consumption here we go yeah but our subject today is the there you go there you go uh, so if that sounds like an elk and uh what did he say whatever whatever the two animals stuck together is pretty good stuff uh let's see um let's see uh <laughs> eddie says save that bite it's a good one yeah totally i've actually got you, know, you guys will never believe this or you might i've actually got every sound bite like forever like <laughs> i'm like a digital pack rat i've got it all i've got it all since the very beginning all, all the clips we've ever played i don't know what i'll ever do with them but <laughs> i've got them all on a hard drive okay so anyway anyway uh funny as funny as that is uh so let's go to part two. So he's talking about the howler and how there's uh, photographs of these things. All right. So, so supposed photographs of these things. So uh, uh, I've got them straight from the YouTube video that they were playing here. And it's interesting, right? Interesting looking. So here's one. I'm going to put it up on the screen here. You can't really see much, but this is supposedly uh, what they say is a, 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 an Ozark howler, right? So they didn't clearly, they didn't get a, a good picture, um, because, well, <laughs> you never really do, do you? <laughs> you never really do. So we, there's a better picture next, okay? But here's here's the uh, what I'm sharing here. I put the link in case you guys want to full screen it and look at it yourself. But this is uh, this is the the second, or the, uh, here we go, full screen that. This is uh, the first picture that he's talking about, and it's kind of Bigfoot E. Uh, you can kind of see something out there, not really knowing what it is. But here we go. Let's, uh, let's hear part two of this. Ozark Howler Action. Is this one. I know it's amazing, from August of 2005. And it suffers from the same condition that many Bigfoot photos suffer from. Yeah, we it's call it. kind of a blur squatch. Now, it's, I'm not going to say it's gray. I'm going to say it's a black splotch that's in the photo. Yeah, it's, it's too hard to tell exactly what we're looking at. And the other one it is, is a little bit better. Uh, we're going to put it up here for you guys. This one comes to us from 2015 out of Arkansas. And this was a family that was in um, it was in a state park in Arkansas that claimed that they actually saw the Ozark Howler and then submitted us this photo. Doesn't quite fit the physical description of the Ozark Howler, which is supposed to be the size of a bear. 
And also, this is very likely Photoshop. The lines on the horns are too crisp compared to the blur in the rest of the photo. It's just very unlikely to be real. It looks like a coyote, maybe? Oh, possibly, but I'm not totally sure. Maybe a, a fox with mange. Yeah, all I could say about it is it does not look like it's eating well. Um, what's very interesting about the Ozark Howler is the folklore that might be able to be applied to this. And most people, when you research this, try to connect it to um, the black dogs of folklore of England or Bargeist, which I'm sort of skeptical if there's a connection other than maybe an appearance, because a lot of times in Bargeist or black dog stories, it typically foretells some sort of bad thing that's going to happen to you which doesn't seem to be consistent with sightings of the Ozark Collar. But Vic might have a better idea, don't you? All right, I like better ideas. So here we go. Here's that first one that they, they refer to as a blur squatch, and that's totally it, right? And you, you can kind of see something in the uh, in the woods there. You're not really sure. It, this might be like an orc from Lord of the Rings, right? The one that fought Aragorn at the end there, right? <laughs> or this might be a bear, or right? This might be a Bigfoot, or right? What, what could this be? I don't know. Like, uh, I think it might be a stretch calling it a... Uh, well, I don't know, actually. So I guess the people that took the picture, of course, they saw it first, and then they tried to get a picture of it as it ran away. Right. So you uh, you end up uh, seeing this thing and freaking out. Actually, I can kind of see looking at this a little bit longer. It does look like a dog's head. So I guess I was looking at it in a different. Uh, funny, right? You look at a picture long enough, you start to see weird shit. <laughs> but OK. So anyway, I linked it if you guys want to check it out on, on, on the full screen and see what's going on here. But uh, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot to this uh, because, well, it does look like a big ass dog. This is like a big-ass dog. Uh, Mateo says that looks like uh, the antlers some people put on their chihuahuas for Christmas. Yeah, and then the other one, <laughs> the other one, exactly. So then this next one I'm a little, I'm a, even more skeptical of because it looks, it kind of looks like it's Photoshopped, like they said in the, in the clip there. It, it looks like a little dog, right? Kind of like a little puppy um, that, they, that they Photoshopped like a, a long, weird tail on and uh, maybe, I don't know, the, the, the face of a ferret or something and then like horns. But unless that tree is gigantor, like the biggest redwood you ever did see, this little animal is not really as big as they said. So I guess this would be a puppy, <laughs> a puppy howler, a puppy Ozark howler. I don't know. A baby, whatever it is, whatever they're called. I don't know. I don't know. But it does. It does look very. Uh, ve- <laughs> What's up, Danny? Says looks like my ex-mother-in-law. Wow. Wow. Can you can you get her on the show? I'd love to interview her. <laughs> And we pictures is actually we'll just do it on webcam. That'd be amazing. But but no, look. So it, it look it look this looks fake, right? Uh, am I tripping? Does this look fake? So this one looks fake. And so all right. So then it continues. Let me play part three of this. And so there's so there's not really a deep um, folklore connection here with those are color. It's kind of what I'm getting at. Is that uh, it seems to be more of a modern concoction and. Uh, and uh, there's uh, there's some people actually trying to hoax this. So here we go. Let's play some of this, and uh, we'll finish up these guys' clip. These are these are pretty funny dudes. Uh, let's see. I'll get you the now the link the link from where all this stuff comes from will be at YouTube in the description as always, so you guys can track my sources and find out I'm not making this shit up. Here we go. Part three: the Ozark Haller action. Well, as much as I'd love for this to be a form of bar, guys, those of you who's listened to us for a while know that that's a particular passion of mine, but I agree. I, I just don't think this fits right. But there are other things in the folklore that do. Both among First Nation peoples and Europeans, there is a folk tradition involving cats with horns, uh, particularly within Europe. Beyond that, the stories of demon cats, which I'd love to get into in another video, 
Um, are horrific cats, many of them black, possessing horns, although generally seem to be spun to be more of a spiritual nature, not so much a biological nature. But definitely there's a connection there that can be made. Now, if we're excluding the part about the horns, North America, England, and many other countries have been swarmed with sightings, including video recordings of large black cats. Interviewers have even gone to people from the Department of Fish and Wildlife asking about these, and many park rangers will say, yeah, they're out there. They're rare, but they're out there. So, okay, guys, in conclusion, my thoughts on the Ozark Howler is that it's it's gone through a very hard time with these recent strain of hoaxes. But I think the most important thing I took away from the story of the Ozark Howler is the impact on our culture that it seems to have had, particularly like where it's predominantly, you know, reportedly to be seen. Because when you YouTube the Ozark Howler, you're going to see a lot of stuff on music that the Ozark Howler is inspired, either songs about it or even bands that are actually inspired by the name of the Ozark Howler. And I think that it's it's resting kind of nicely, I think, in the culture of American folklore. For me, is this actually a cryptid out there? It's hard to say. What I will say, there are some signs that it exists within the folk tradition, and no amount of just someone trying to mislead cryptozoologists is going to create that sort of folk tradition. Beyond that, is it biologically feasible? Yeah, it kind of is, but is it likely? Maybe not. Maybe not. What's up, Sherry? says, anything goes in Europe. Anything goes. <laughs> Whoa, anything goes. Like anything, anything? Uh, Mateo says, the leaves on the ground give size perspective to this picture here. I, and you were correct. Uh, I, again, like I said, there's there's nothing here that kind of suggests this animal is large. So if this is a, if this is one of those howlers, it's not a hoax. Well, it looks like a hoax. This, this particular photograph looks fake as hell to me. But again, right? I'm not the arbiter of truth. Uh, this is a... You know, the we have the the intelligence of the 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 group right the, of the the what would you call it uh, there's a term for that anyway so so all of us we make up our own mind what this looks like but uh, to me it looks fake that's what I say about it so it looks like it was photoshopped looks like some sort of like little puppy or you know something anyway blah blah okay so now this gets this gets a little bit more weird and that uh, people have tried to hoax this now check this out this is from the same guys and they're talking about the hoax here regarding the thing. They actually started the, the video with this, but I did it out of order because, well, you don't want to talk about a hoax right off, do you? But here we go. Here's here's these same guys talking about a hoax regarding the Ozark Howler, part four action. The Ozark Howler, also known as the Ozark Black Howler, or simply the Howler, is an American cryptid seen predominantly in the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas. However, sightings of the creature stretch all the way from Texas up into rural Missouri. It's typically described as being bear-sized, with the body of a thick cat, stocky legs, black shaggy hair, and having predominant horns. It gets its name from its signature sound, often being described as the combination of a wolf's howl and an elk's bugle. Chad Armit states in his book Cryptozoology that cryptozoologists have been plagued with hoax sightings of the creature over the years. However, this hasn't stopped cryptozoologists with collecting some credible accounts of sightings of this elusive cryptid. Okay guys, one of the first things we'd like to cover here is the elephant in the room. According to the cryptozoologist Chad Armit, when he was doing research for one of his books, he was contacted by a university student telling the story of the Ozark Howler. 
Well, he talked to some other cryptozoologists and found they had been approached with the exact same story. Supposedly, the student was trying to show how gullible cryptozoologists are, and that, much like the chupacabra myth, he could make up anything and make it go viral and spread. Which I think is a pretty dick move. I think that if you have the free time in college to try to propagate a large-scale hoax against cryptozoologists, I think maybe you should be spending your time on your studies a little bit more than probably what this guy was. Yeah, spend your time contacting authors and trying to spread lies. Well, yeah, you said it pretty well. It's a dick move. And let's keep this in perspective, guys, that there were sightings of the Ozark Howler that came before this modern hoax. So there's already some speculation that this cryptid may actually already exist. Okay, so there you go. So there's a hoax that actually uh, is is part of this, this the mythology of this creature, right? Whatever this is. So what's up? I see there, Mark on uh, on uh, YouTube. Mark says, uh, "How do we know someone didn't put a headband on that and attached a tail?" Exactly, <laughs> or or a bad Photoshop, <laughs> or, or and all of the above, right? All of the above. But yeah. So okay. So some college kid, right? A college student. Some college student. That's the appropriate term because apparently kids derogatory these days. You say kid, that's derogatory. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, everything changes, right? We used to be kids and it used to be cool. Now, you, now if you don't say child, you're a dick. Okay, anyway, you can call me a dick. It's fine. Okay, so uh, here we go. Now, now, straight back to the original uh, website here, the theozarkeller.com. On the very bottom, he's got the hoaxes and frauds, right? So it says, the, the Ozark Keller was labeled a fraud by some researchers based on a one modern-day hoaxer. But these same researchers believe that Bigfoot is real, even though Bigfoot and Sasquatch has had a great many hoaxers. Now, Lauren Coleman, a famous and respected cryptid researcher, said, specifically, quote, specifically, I've never seen a cryptid when I've gone looking for a cryptid, even though I've been on ex- expeditions for 50 years. I've found many tracks. I've heard many screeches and unknown sounds. I've interviewed hundreds of witnesses. In 1972, I saw a black panther in southern Illinois, and I was in a car coming uh, when I was in a car coming from work unrelated to cryptozoology and none of the people in the car would turn the car around. So I was put in the situation of being an eyewitness where I could not go and further investigate the black Panther report. The Ozarks region does extend into Southern Illinois. So it is possible. The only cryptid Lauren Coleman ever saw might have been the Ozark howler. Right? So, so again, right? So this is 1972. Uh, they thought they saw a black Panther from the car. Now a black Panther does not live in the Ozarks as far as uh, anybody's aware. And so that's kind of what we're looking at here. So maybe maybe this individual, Lauren Coleman, did see a uh, whatever this uh, the the Ozark Howler. So pretty good stuff here. Um, uh, let's read some chat because you guys are funny as hell. You guys are more funny than me. Yeah, the collective uh, wisdom. What's it called? Wisdom of the wisdom of the crowd or something like that. There's a term for it. Where so basically, hold on, I'll look it up. I think it's interesting to talk about because I I think when you have a collective like this, uh, hold on, let's find out. Let's see. Hold on. Uh, you, you can't, you, like, you may be able to fool one person, but you can't fool all the people, right? Wisdom of the crowd, I think is what's called. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. All right. I think this is it. Yeah. So let's go to a, no. All right. That, that's it. This, this will do. This will do. All right. So this is from Investopedia. I don't know why they, they actually <laughs> explain it this way. <laughs> but okay. Wisdom of crowds. Wisdom of crowds is the idea that large groups of people are collectively smarter than individual experts when it comes to problem solving, decision making, innovating, and predicting. There you go. There you go. 
There you go. That's what I meant. That's what kind of what I was getting at. It's, uh, you know, you can fool one person, but you can't fool all the people. And so, uh, like Abraham Lincoln said, right? So I think I think there's something to it. You get a bunch of people together, and they're all looking at the same thing, you know, uh, kind of on the same presentation. And, uh, you know, like the, the if and then you poll them afterward, and you... Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you're you're smarter than what an expert might be just because so many people have so many different takes in life. They, you know, they the people people have different uh, expertise and all kinds of different things that may not be relevant, but they're relevant to the particular thing at hand. So, wisdom of the crowd. There you go. That's what we have. There we go. Better and smarter than the experts. <laughs> That's my story I'm sticking to it. Okay. So, so the Ozark Howler. Let's see. Where are we at time-wise? Do we continue? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, okay, we're good. All right, we can get to it. We can get to hellhounds and stuff in a sec here. But okay, now, there's your wisdom of the crowds. The Ozark Howler, right? Let's see. What other resources do we got? Here we go. All right. Now, this is from exemplar.com, another uh, one of those decent websites where they talk about cool things and uh, and uh, cryptids, right? <laughs> it's, it's, hard, it's hard to hate a site that talks about cryptids. All right, here we go. So the Ozark Howler. Actual cryptid or elaborate hoax? Just like that college kid, right? So uh, the Ozark Howler, blah, blah, we already did this. The physical description, the howl. The most distinctive feature of the Ozark Howler is its unusual cry. Far more people have claimed to have heard the Ozark Howler than have seen it. It's agreed upon, uh, agreed upon by all witnesses that the, the creature has a terrifying howl. That what this howl sounds like varies wildly, perhaps even more so than its physical description. The Wikipedia entry describes the Ozark Howler's cry as being a combination of a wolf howl and an elk's bugle which we heard if you guys want to hear that again let me know (laughs) and i'll play it again piss off your neighbor a little more bailey Uh, however witnesses also have described it as being similar to a hyena's laugh all right so we got a little bit of cackling in there as well okay so according to this now we have some sources claim there have been sightings as far back as the early 1800s and in the 1950s there was a supposed sighting while they where a black goat-like creature was described as being the Ozark Howler, despite not matching the current common descriptions at all. So again, they, according to this source, they're saying that uh, if you go back to the early 1800s and even the 1950s, there's uh, there's people describing this thing. Uh, it continues, the idea that the Ozark Howler is a cat-like creature supposedly originates from a sighting in the early 80s when a truck driver who had pulled off the road for the night described seeing a black cat-like creature that had a long tail, shaggy fur, a stocky build, a beard, and red eyes. That sounds terrifying. That sounds like the Jersey Devil, no? That kind of sounds like the Jersey Devil a little bit, too. Okay, so let's see. Uh, let's see. There, uh, blah, 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 blah. In the cryptozoological community, it has been suggested that the Ozark Howler is related to the Black Dog of Death from British folklore. The Black Dog of Death. Now, so when I was going through this, and I was like, uh, I hadn't read all this stuff yet. I had pulled up the links, and I was thinking about it myself. And I was like, it kind of seems like this might be like that, uh, like the, you know, the hellhound from Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, like the, the hellhound from, uh, from Cerberus, the, the three headed dog of the underworld, right? Except, you know, with one head and horns and, you know, glowing red eyes. And I was like, okay, like it was kind of making a connection, but then I started reading some of this stuff and it, 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 these relate them, right? So it says related to the black dog of death from British folklore. So interestingly, um, this is where the hellhound comes in. Now, according to Exemplar, they say it's all a hoax. They say this thing is a big, that, that dude from, uh, the dude from, um, the, the college is the guy that put this in the zeitgeist in the, in the early nineties when the internet was becoming a thing. And, uh, well, (laughs) 
So, so this uh, this guy writes how he he and the other crypto cryptozoologists received emails with outrageous claims of a creature called the Ozark Howler. So, yeah, is it fake? Is it not fake? Again, I leave that to you. This is not up to me. You decide. It seems like there's some hoaxing going on. There's hoaxing with everything. <laughs> Just like we talked about the, uh, the 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 monolith tonight. There's some hoaxing going on with everything, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. This, I mean, this clearly looks fake to me, but um, I don't know about the other stuff, right? I haven't seen one of these. Have you, has anybody seen one of these? Like I said, anybody out there listening near the Ozarks? That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool if you do. All right, so let's see. What else? Here we go. A couple more links on the Ozark Caller, and then we'll get to uh, we'll get to the, the Dungeons & Dragons portion of this show and talk about Hellhounds a little bit. So uh, here we go. Let's see. Um, and God bless the truck drivers. What's up, game vet out there? I'm talking to you. God bless the truck drivers. If there's no truck drivers, guys, there's no uh, there's no grocery stores full of food and you know, and, uh, beer, <laughs> cold beer, cold beer. Uh, God bless the truckers, especially the ones that drive the refrigerated rigs. <laughs> okay, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, more Ozark Caller. This is from Unlock the Ozarks. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Let's see, uh, more links. I'm dropping all the links I found so you guys can follow along and uh, where I got some of this information from. Oops, that was not linked properly. Okay, and let's see, let's see. Oh, okay, Cryptomundo. Now, okay, now this one, this particular link actually goes over the, the, the whole hoax. And this whole thing is that this is, uh, this is just a, a fake cryptozoological thing, all right? So if you want the actual write-up of uh, how this was hoaxed, Cryptomundo has, is probably the best uh, the best source for the, how the entire story goes here with the, the hoax. And this is from Lauren Coleman, the individual, the cryptozoologist that uh, we talked about previously. But the, they got um, they, they got these emails from this college kid trying to hoax them, trying to say, look, I can fool these cryptozoologists. They're so stupid. They'll believe anything, right? So then they do it, and then, well, guess what? they sniffed him out so are they really that stupid <laughs> it's a stupid one here okay so anyway anyway there's there's the uh, the whole uh, the whole account of the fake cryptozoological uh, ozark heller so if you guys are interested cryptomundo has the best write-up for that and then here's one more this is from the ozark heller bizarre and amazing blogspot so on and so forth just doing some link dumps so you guys can see where i got this information from read through a bunch of this and uh it's uh yeah, it seems it seems to track. It seems to track. All right, now this led me to. So I was reading through this and I was like, wait a minute now. So my initial thought was hellhounds, right? Like like I said, Cerberus, the three-headed dog of the underworld, right? Everybody's familiar with this. Uh, if you're not, it's uh so the uh, as the uh, the Greek and the the Roman mythology goes that uh, Pluto or Hades was the god of the underworld, and once the souls were ushered down into the underworld itself. At the entrance of Hades, they had Cerberus, the three-headed dog of the underworld, right? And he was there to keep the souls from escaping, all right? He was a guardian to keep keep unwanted visitors out and to keep the souls from escaping Hades itself, okay? And that was kind of my initial thought when I started looking at the Ozark Howler. But then this continues, right? As I found this. Now, this is from the medium.com, and it, it reads this, the headline. The Ozark Howler and the Black Dogs of Death. America's most controversial monster has deep British roots. All right. So I was like, okay, so what's a black dog of death? What is this? Yeah, guess what it turns out to be? <laughs> my initial thought. My initial thought. A hellhound, huh? A myth bigger than the Ozarks. Once we look at the Ozark Howler as a mythological figure, the conceptual ecology of the creature becomes clear. 
Those whose knowledge of mysterious sightings goes further than watching reruns of the X-Files see the deep patterns of ancient folklore and stories of the Ozark Howler. Although the parallels are not perfect, with plenty of regional differences evolving over time, the legends of the Ozark Howler, including its present-day sightings, are clearly a branch of British mythology of the Hellhound. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. It was my initial thought, right? So uh, British mythology of the Hellhound. Let's click this link and get you the, uh, there you go, right from the BBC, the BBC News. But yeah, kind of cool, right? Where you uh, you start you start looking into something and you start reading it and the more you read, you're like, oh, yeah, shit, I was kind of right, you know? It comes from somewhere. Um, let's see, uh, Shane, what's up? Shane, uh, Shane here from MPLS making a grilled cheese in the air fryer. Cheers, brother. Hey, you, if you guys don't have an air fryer, that shit is amazing. <laughs> I've never tried a grilled cheese in there, but the air, the air fryers are pretty hot, pretty hot stuff. Uh, just, uh, you know, just, just from a lazy dude that likes to cook, cook delicious food <laughs> easily, <laughs> but okay. Um, and, and you can put vegetables in there. Yeah. Uh-huh. For you folks that are, you know, vegetable, veg, vegetales, you can put that stuff in there. It's good stuff. It's like, you know, you throw some carrots in there. Oh, so good. Okay, here we go. Uh, from the BBC.com, I just clicked this. I haven't even seen this article yet. Let's read just a little bit of it, and then we'll move on to hellhounds. Terrifying tales of hellhounds. Ferocious black dogs, eyes glowing and teeth bared as they wreak vengeance on the population, have been the stuff of legend for centuries. It has cemented the place of these mythical beasts in English folklore. But how and why have accounts of their terrifying marauding spread so far and wide? All right. Now, I've actually got a YouTube thing, little account of this, so I won't go too... Actually, let's read it. In 1577, according to one particularly poetic account, a snarling beast broke into a church, rampaged through the congregation, and bit the necks of two people who promptly dropped dead. Having traumatized the churchgoers of Bungay in Suffolk, the mythical dog known as a black shuck next cropped up in the country's coast at Blingberth. Blith, holy shit. Blithberg, Blithberg, Blythberg. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not from the UK. You, you guys will forgive me. Again, it targeted worshipers bursting through the doors of Holy Trinity Church before killing a man and boy and causing the steeple to collapse. The beast left scorch marks on the church door, according to legend. All right. Now, like I said, I've got a video of this, not it actually happening, but them describing this. So let's watch this real fast and we'll, uh, we'll get to this. This is a, this is a, yeah. What's up? What's up? Minneapolis, Minneapolis. What's up? I see you there. Let's see. Um, let's see. Game vet says, uh, uh, thanks Mike. In Wisconsin, I did, did see a gray wolf on the side of the road, that had glowing red eyes and remained glowing for three weeks after. Yeah, geez. Uh, Johnson has been thinking about getting one. Yeah, those air fryers, they're solid. They're pretty solid, right? Like you, you, you toss some vegetables and a little bit of oil and put some uh, salt, pepper, whatever on it. Like, oh, geez, like oh, sweet potatoes are amazing in that thing. Like turn sweet potato fries. Oh, geez. Don't get me started. Okay, here we go. Let's play this. This is from, uh, this is exactly that uh, tale that we just kind of read from that. Now, this is a, so we're going from the Ozark Howler, right? Which is uh, from the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Ozarks in, uh, in wherever. I don't know where they're at. I don't know. Arkansas, right? Ish. Somewhere in that area of of the country, right? The Ozark Mountains. Now, two, maybe that tale came from the United Kingdom. Came from the UK and uh, 
from the old days. So uh, the Black Dogs of Death. Let's see what this is all about. Let's play a couple. And uh, there you go. There you go. Have have mercy. <laughs> mercy. What's up, Sherry? Have mercy. Have mercy. All right, here we go. Let's play this. Old Chuck, yes, I see him, I should say, about 30 years ago. What a wonderful night it was. I always remember the moon was at its fullest. In fact, I'd never seen such a beautiful night. And as I was pushing the old bike, I heard these rattling of these chains. And I thought to myself, oh, well, that's nothing. That's just a matter of a, a horse straying off the marshes. That kept coming nearer and nearer. Local people still talk about the black dog and there are very regularly eyewitness reports cropping up. And I thought, well, I'd better stop here and let it pass. And it was past me as a form as a great big black shaggy dog. And do you know what? There was a gate dead opposite and that passed through this gate. Well, when I got to the gate, that never had been opened. It's not just a fusty old legend dating back to the 16th century. This tale begins in 1577, and deep in the heart of eastern England, a hellish monster appeared one day, outside Blytheborough Church, amidst the mightiest of storms. Closer and closer, it got to the door, while a large congregation sat pensively inside. With a huge clap of thunder, the church doors burst open, and the ghostly black dog made its deadly entrance. Crashing through the building, this hound from hell sent parishioners scattering, killing two, and toppling the steeple through the church roof. The dog's parting gift were scorched claw marks in the church door, and they remain to this day. What is All right, so just like we read from that article, there's the tale. A tiny village terrorized by this black dog of death. Which, uh, of course, uh, if, we're, if we're talking, you know, you know, my love for Dungeons and Dragons, that kind of equates to a hellhound. We've got uh, scorch marks in the door. Like this thing is uh, like some beast of hell, right? It has uh, some sort of a, maybe uh, some, by some descriptions it breathes fire, right? In other descriptions it has a, it has a burning, burning claws, which uh, leave these marks. And yeah, so there's a, there's a tale here straight from, a, straight from the Bay Bay Sea. If you forgive me, and uh, we will uh, let's play the rest of this. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Sherry says the dog was scared. <laughs> that's just that's just a scared dog. That's just a scared dog. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, actually some some actual modern um, connections to this. You guys are dropping it in the chat here. Zool, right? And from Ghostbusters. Remember the, remember the demon dogs, the black dogs. Uh, the, the Larry says the keymaster of Gozer. You guys remember that? <laughs> I actually hadn't made that connection, but yeah. So we have these demon dogs, right? That uh, that uh, there is no Dana, only Zool. Remember that? Yeah, Ghostbusters, the original. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. All right, here we go. Let's continue with this. So this tiny village terrorized by this dog. Sherry thinks the dog was scared. Well, what if it was a hellhound and it was out for human flesh? That's a little different, isn't it? Here we go. Let's play the rest of this. This is about black dogs. Why not dogs of any other color and why dogs in particular? Um, black is, of course, a, a colour of ill omen and it is associated with death, so that has something to do with it, I think. But dogs are also such interesting animals from the point of view of their relationship with humans and their kind of role in, in human symbology. The dog is our, our closest friend. We domesticated it 15,000 years ago and we rely on it for help, for protection, 
for keeping us company. But at the same time, if you call someone a dog, that's very insulting. A dog can turn on you and bite you. The black dog story has become a very popular legend and narrative here that's almost certainly been passed down by word of mouth. I quite often give lectures to educational groups and to the local school. And a few years ago, I had a group from primary school here. These were six or seven year olds. And at the end, because they were very quiet and looked rather frightened, I said, um, well, it all happened a long time ago, and I don't suppose the black dog is ever around now. And at that point, a little girl stuck up her hands and said, please, sir, he is, sir, my granny's seen him. And then a, a boy stuck up his hand and said, yes, my brother's seen him too, sir. So it, for them, it is something very realistic because they've heard about it from their own people within their own community. So I said to the villagers the next night when I got there, the whole story and they said well that's nothing that's what they call old shuck he roamed these roads pretty frequently he's been seen many a time but i said i'd never see anything like that before these stories tend to take a very similar form across the world stories of um, creatures which herald the the fact that somebody is going to die quite shortly or that, that some disaster is is going to strike the community but you can slot in different animals into that global story, depending on what local belief ascribes to those those creatures. The log Yeah, so right, like Bigfoots, uh, like all the things, right? The chupacabras, they got all the things. Except this one is in particular. It has a name, right? And it has a particular tail, kind of like uh, like that uh, that those wolves that terrorized France, right? Remember that? The Pac, the Pac de Lou? We talked about that movie probably a year ago now. Probably a year ago now. Like it's been it's been a year since Frank's been gone. It's been a year, 2019, Novemberish, and in November, we took a break and then uh, came back and no Frank. And I was like, shit, how am I gonna do this by myself? Well, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> you you find a way. You, you get bad and then you get better and then you forget how you got better and then you get bad again and then that's the way it goes. But there's an actual thing: dogs, demon dogs, black dogs from hell, right? Hellhounds, as they are called. So let's uh, finish the story real fast. So this this guy's saying that there's people, there are children, that believe this dog still exists. My mom has seen him. My uncle's seen him. I've seen him. This still exists. So here we go. BBC. And uh, Mateo, Mateo says, black dogs are the hardest rescues to rehome. I read that somewhere. And uh, black dogs are beautiful. I had a little black dog. He was amazing. Okay, here we go. Let's finish this up. Talking about uh, uh, cryptids. And this is, a, this is a, a demon dog, a hellhound, as you would say, from the United Kingdom. And Penny from the United Kingdom said, uh, said uh, that uh, that uh, never heard this one. Uh, let's see. Eddie says, I was, damn, I was about to get a fridge for the beer. Now I'm afraid Zool's in there. Zool. There, is, there is no beer, Eddie. Only Zool. What's up? Uh, let's see. Mark says uh, the dog had his. Uh, this dog had beef. This dog was abused and wanted revenge. Old Shuck, <laughs> old, Sh old Shuck, old Shuck was the name of this dog. Here we go. Let's finish this up. Explanation would be that it was just a thunderstorm of very dire consequences. It certainly was one of the worst storms that has ever been recorded. There's probably never been anything like it in our area before. But because people at that time were very superstitious, they tended to think that anything that happened that was good came from God and anything that was rather worse came from Satan. In Britain, they do tend to be dogs, but they're not always dogs. Um, for example, in Denmark, 
the kind of black dog that we have in Britain, which guards churchyards and prowls around them to keep out and keep in spirits of various sorts. In Britain, that's a black dog, but in Denmark, um, this is sometimes a sow, which is a rather unusual animal, perhaps, to be patrolling a, a churchyard. And if you met one, I think you would be suspicious that it was a supernatural being and not just an escaped pig. Oops, I muted because I cracked a beer. All right, good enough. Good enough. We got it. That's enough BBC, right? That's enough BBC for one night. I think that's probably fair. But okay, you get the idea, right? So it seems that maybe this legend didn't start here in North America, that maybe this legend came from the United Kingdom, right? Uh, remember remember that whole that whole toss-up we had back in, you know, around 1776, right? Remember all that? <laughs> so maybe maybe this legend actually came across across the pond as they say and uh it it, it kind of stuck and that that tracks a little bit with the the ozarks and that area of the world where uh maybe these legends kind of sunk in and uh yeah who knows right maybe we got bigfoot maybe we got uh, the skinwalkers maybe uh, maybe there's this whole conglomeration of these these myths that kind of stick together as a uh, as a uh, whatever it happens to be whatever it happens to be pretty good stuff here um let's see read some chat Read some chat. Let's see. Uh, Taylor says, uh, Hellhounds and D&D are more messengers or soldiers. Uh, some some other stories back that. Okay, yep. Uh, we got some we got some D&D stuff I'll get to in a sec. Shane says, what about the experiences that include your own dog? Like what, though? I'm not sure what you mean. Like not, uh, I hope not like rabies and like dogs attacking people like crazy. I hope not like that. I don't know what you mean. Uh, let me know. Uh, cl- uh, clarify and we'll, we'll get there. Okay. So, now let's see. Uh, Hellhound, one, two, let's see. All right, here we go. Now, what exactly is a hellhound? Now, we, we talked about this old one named Old Chuck, right? So there, there's a there's a particular instance where he, he way back in England, he, he, he went through and started ransacking churches, right? And uh, killed some people and eyewitness accounts passed down gener- generations. And this is what we're talking about. But let's, let's look at hellhounds for just a sec. Let's see. Is this the, yeah, there we go. Here's what a hellhound is. Part one, action. So most of you will be pleased to know that today's video is a happy video about man's best friend, the hellhound. They're kind of like man's best friend, except sometimes they may kill you. So I guess they're not really man's best friend. Many of you may be familiar with the term hellhound, which basically refers to a supernatural dog that can be found in folklore from all around the world. Now because of their obvious association with hell, there is the belief that all hellhounds are evil, and this is not the case, and in today's video we'll go over the different types of hellhounds and the roles they perform. In regards to their appearance, hellhounds pretty much appear as you'd imagine. They have dark, black, mangled fur that sometimes appears to even be charred. Their eyes glow a menacing crimson colour, and some are even completely engulfed in flames, which is most common amongst cultures that associate fire with the afterlife. Now exactly what a hellhound does can vary. Some are assigned as guard dogs, protecting the entrances to the land of the dead. These entrances often include graveyards, burial grounds, or literal gates in some stories. In other stories, they act as a divide between the supernatural world and our own, keeping creatures and mythical beings secret. There are also, of course, hellhounds that are charged with bringing back souls from the underworld, endlessly pursuing their victim until they have torn them to pieces. One of the most famous examples of a hellhound that exists in mythology is Cerberus, the three-headed hound that guards the entrance to the Greek underworld. We've mentioned that not all hellhounds mean harm, and we see that with Cerberus, who not only guards the entrance to the underworld, but also guides the dead to the afterlife. Now quite a few people have previously asked me to cover some British mythology because it's something that's somewhat faded from existence. You'll be pleased to know that the legend of the Hellhound is something that is common across Great Britain. We first travelled to Wales to take a look at their interpretation of a Hellhound, the Kuna Anun, 
They were a spectral hound that for the most part was considered to be benign. They may have a ghostly white appearance, but their ears were red. This dates back to the Celts who considered red to be a colour associated with death. They would eventually be nicknamed the Dogs of Hell, as it was believed if you were to hear their howl, then death would soon follow. There you go, right? If you were to hear their howl, then death would soon follow. And uh, that sounds like a... That sounds like maybe the offspring of Cerberus, the three-headed dog of the underworld, just with one head. Uh, Larry says the Hound of Baskervilles. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, what, yeah, in modern times, we got Cujo. Cujo. Yeah? Is that, was Cujo a hellhound or just a crazy dog? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, Shane says, I woke up in my cabin neighbor's yard with my dog. My sister found me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What the heck? Like you, meaning what? Like you disappeared and... I don't know. You're leaving out some details there, man. Uh, Shane says uh, coyotes for the most part. Yeah, yeah, maybe it could be. It could be. Yeah, fill in the details and I'll I'll, uh, I'll read that on the chat. Uh, okay, so, so let's see. There's part one. Hellhound in England. Here we go. Part two. The black shark is a type of hellhound that is found along the English coastline in Suffolk, Norfolk, and Essex. Here there are local tales of a large black dog the size of a horse. It has eyes that resemble fire, and oddly enough, there are stories of the black shark appearing as headless. The majority of stories describe encounters with the black shark as terrifying, but rarely deadly. It often haunts graveyards, crossroads, and dark forests. Some stories describe the black shark as scaring its victims to within an inch of death, and then leaving them alone to continue an ordinary life, as if it takes enjoyment from other people's fear. There are some stories, however, where it is more benign. It would appear only during the evening, and accompany lone women, ensuring that they get home safely. The stories and legends of the Black Shark have existed in the English countryside for over a thousand years, and for those Sherlock Holmes fans out there, there is a good chance that the Black Shark was the inspiration for the legend that we see in The Hound of the Baskervilles. Staying in Britain, we now head to Yorkshire, where there are tales of a hellhound that goes by the name of the Bog Hest. This is a monstrous black dog with huge claws and enormous teeth. This hound is far from benign. It prefers to prey on lone travellers, and needless to say, these travellers would never be heard from again after an encounter with the Bog Hest. The Barghest was also thought to be capable of shapeshifting, assuming several different forms. A headless man capable of vanishing into flames, a headless woman, a black dog, a rabbit, and for some reason a white cat. Interesting, right? So so this is a... We're, we started with the Ozarks, the Ozark Howler. Now we're in England, and we're talking about maybe a shapeshifter there. We're talking about fire breathing, we're talking about rabbits and black dog... There's a, there's a lot here, right? And so I think I think if you're uh, talking about this and maybe shapeshifters, I think you could bring it back to maybe the skinwalker, right? Like these sorts of things. Like what's really going on? Here's go uh, Hellhound Part Three. We're talking about hellhounds tonight, and uh, how this may this uh, this tale may have crossed a pond and uh, spawned the uh, the tale of uh, the mythology of the the. Uh, Ozark Howler. So here we go. Part three of the Hellhounds, and then we'll uh, we'll get to some uh, we'll get to some D and D and the rest of this. Where are we at? Let's see. Uh, time wise, where are we? What's it look like? What's it look like? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, we're good. Plenty of time. All right. So here we go. Part three of the Hel the Hellhound, and uh, this is pretty good stuff. Part three action. The notion of Hellhounds appearing as ghosts and even shapeshifters is actually one that is quite common throughout Great Britain. In Northern England, there are tales of a trickster-like hound known as the Guy Trash. This was a black dog that would lurk around the roads waiting for travellers, haunting them and leading them astray. It was believed that they could appear as horses, mules and dogs, and if you were to come across one whose eyes were glowing, like burning coals, then it's believed their intentions were evil. This was considered quite important, because there were tales of the Guy Trash where they would guide lost travellers back to safety, so the eyes were then used as a way to distinguish between a spirit that wanted to help you, and one that wanted to kill you. 
There is a type of hellhound that was believed to have been a spirit of the church, and these appeared in both Scandinavian and English folklore. They often looked after and overseed the overall well-being of a particular church. These hounds were referred to as the Church Grim, and they appeared to be much smaller in size than the hellhounds that we've previously discussed. They were also believed to have enjoyed loud noises and ringing bells, which could be another reason why they were attracted to churches. If we now move away from Scandinavian folklore and into Norse mythology, we now have our next example of a hellhound, Garm, the guardian of the gates of hell. Garm is often described as being either a wolf or a dog, but quite similar to Cerberus, they both guard the gates to hell or the afterlife. Overall, hellhounds can be quite a mixed bag. They can appear as wild animals, protectors, guides, and even tricksters. The term hellhound is quite broad and can refer to all manner of creatures, but they are most commonly recognized as large dogs with black fur and eyes that glow a menacing shade of red. Alright, now check that out. So, we're talking about now spiritual guides, we're talking about tricksters, we're talking about shapeshifters, we're talking about protectors. So now, now we have this huge mixture of all of these things, right? Like compare them all together and you like this could be like a guardian angel. This could be like uh, from the Native Americans, the the spirit animal, right? This could be from the uh, from from witchcraft and uh and that type of thing like a like a witch would call a cat a familiar spirit, right? Uh, shapeshifters could be like the I mean there's a ton of things here. It could be the uh the actual uh uh skinwalker. So there there's a there's a ton of things here that are peculiar at at easily peculiar and it it makes you makes me anyway makes me wonder like what the hell's going on here right like is uh like like we always say is you know the aliens and the demons and all this mixed together right the spirits and the this and the that is it all the same phenomena somehow and uh i think when we look at these stories it seems to track that maybe there's uh some some connections with a lot of this stuff crazy stuff crazy stuff um sherry says curses like this is uh this is could be curses from um uh, so uh, cursed cursed dogs cursed shapeshifters cursed spirits i guess all of that kind of kind of applies adrian says correction not gated was elon musk it's like a fitbit for your brain i'm not sure what you mean not, not oh not not gates was elon musk oh the fitbit yeah yeah yep yep uh, I think we talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, what else do we got? What else do we got? Uh, Steven says similar similarities in stories throughout the world. Completely correct. Um, let's see. And Adrian links. Oh, there we go. There's the brain. I see. I see the brain thing. Elon Musk, the Neuralink, Neuralink. Uh, Shane says uh, we did have beverages that night. I was the first to bed with my kids. I don't sleepwalk. I've had a couple experiences before. It's always been with my Husky and not my other dog. The door was locked from the inside. Uh, she found me, let's see, she found me when she let her dog out. You were outside? You were outside? What the hell? What the hell? That sounds weird, man. Did you get abducted that night or something? So, something sounds weird. Uh, what's up? What's up, Mark? How you doing? Uh, correct. Which part's correct? <laughs> I say a lot of things. If you say correct, boy, you're just, you're giving me, you're giving me all kinds. Uh, let's see. Sherry says, cursed land about skinwalker since before Jesus. Yeah. All right, so speaking of the skinwalker, check this out. So this is this is kind of an aside. This is a teaser for next show. We're going to be talking about the skinwalker on Friday night. All right? Now, I've got a guy. This is amazing. I, I found this dude on Reddit, and he's an actual, he lives, he, he, he's a Navajo, like an actual blood Navajo. And not only that, he's a paranormal researcher that goes through, and his specialty is the skinwalker. And so he knows a ton of stuff about particular skinwalkers and not just Navajo, the Hopi tribe, uh, all, the, the Utes. Like he's got, 
he's got some takes on it from the way these different tribes see the skinwalker and how far back this goes. He says there's a lot of misconceptions today because of the skinwalker ranch and a, a bunch of the modern mythology and the, the, the zeitgeist that's going on with this, you know, like the, not the George Knapp's a bad guy, but the George Knapp version of the skinwalker, right? That's kind of what everybody believes. But he says there's a ton of stuff that is not true. And there's a bunch of other stuff that's amazingly true that nobody talks about. So he's a, an actual Navajo paranormal researcher that if everything goes right, he's agreed to be on the show Friday and uh, we'll, we'll talk about skinwalkers on Friday night. So there you go. We'll have a, we'll have a special guest and hopefully a, a skinwalker expert. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit, but, uh, but how, how does it, how does it fit here? Like, how, is this uh, again, are we, are we talking uh um, you know, shapeshifters, tricksters, uh, guardian angels, or uh, uh, curses, like uh, like Sherry said, like these the the cursed land. There's a ton of stuff, right? There's a ton of stuff. Shane says that she found me in the neighbor's yard when she let the dog out. So you just like kind of disappeared in the middle of the night, and they found you in the morning with the dog. That's odd, dude. That's odd. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like a at least sleepwalking. Maybe uh, maybe that abduction type stuff. I have no idea. I have no idea. That's crazy. That's crazy stuff. Okay, so uh, there you go. There's your teaser for Friday night. That's what we're going to talk about, skinwalkers. But right now we're talking about, uh, what, hellhounds, old shuck, black shuck from, from, uh, from, uh, from the United Kingdom and how maybe that, uh, that, uh, that actual mythology came from there. Um, okay, so let's see. What else do we got? Let's see. We got a little bit of longer hellhound. I got some Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? Here we go. I haven't watched the phone line, so. Somebody called. I missed it because I haven't been watching. But okay, here we go. If you have anybody have comments on this, you want to talk about this now, regarding the Hellhound, regarding the Skinwalker, how maybe this applies, the Ozark Howler, you think it's a uh, an actual hoax or there's something more to it. Maybe it's a misidentified Bigfoot or who knows, right? The Dogman. There's so many things here when you're talking about uh, cryptids that it ends up... Um, Everything kind of gets washed together, in my opinion. Like there's so many, so many eyewitness accounts that you can't really take at face value because you know how we, our memory is kind of a little bit foggy here and there. It's just, uh, how does this work? I, I'm not exactly sure. And that's why we talk about it. But if you have comments on this, you want to be on the show, easy peasy, call this number 702-957-1037. That's the Las Vegas area code. You can join the show using discord, which is free. If you don't like that long distance number and, uh, you just uh, go to troubledminds.org. You got the phone number there. You got the discord, just click the discord link. And if you, even if you don't want to be in the show, join the discord because there's a lot of good information that goes through there. A lot of good people sharing stuff. And not only that, if something happens to this show, that's where we'll end up. So we'll probably, cause we can stream directly to discord. I figured out how to do that and it, it works exactly like it works like you're watching right now. So it is one of those things where we can, uh, we can make it happen. If, uh, they, they chop us off all the platforms for talking about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. So <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Hey, Shane says aliens. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's, that's a creepy, that's a creepy account there. Uh, what William says, there's a skinwalker in the Philippines called the Aswang. Yeah. We talked about the Aswang. Um, was it, I think it was, I think it was in the skinwalker episode. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Taylor says hellhound is a broad term. I think so. I think you're right. Like Cerberus, right? The three-headed dog. And then we got this old shuck and the rest of this stuff. So there's, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Um, okay. So we're going to uh, we're gonna keep on trucking. We'll play some D&D. Or we, we don't need to play some D&D. We don't need to do that. Because we've got, we've got, <laughs> uh, as if on cue, Taylor from Texas. What's up, my man? My dungeon master. You are in trouble minds with Mike. How you doing tonight? What's up, Mike? How are you? 
I am fantastic. Thank you for calling. You're uh, you're you're right on time, man. Like I said, it's it's almost like you smell it out when I set up some D and D stuff. Man, I, I I felt the disturbance in the force, and I stayed up <laughs> just wait right till I get to you know it was my time to talk. There you go, your time to talk. All right, so what what do you think about the uh, so so the the Ozark Howler and uh, the Hellhound, the Old Shuck or Black Shuck from England? You think there's a connection there? And then we'll, we'll go further after that. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm down. Um, I honestly between the uh, the Ozark Howler and just a generic. Hellhound, I I honestly don't think there's any similarities, mainly because uh, most uh, if we're in a, if, if if while we're here while I'm here is D and D, the Hellhounds that follow uh, that are in D and D from first edition all the way to five E, uh, they're never really uh, sentient. I mean they're sentient, but they they don't do things on their own. They they are ordered to guard places, ordered to attack. Like that's why I said earlier they were, you know, more messengers or uh soldiers. They were there to, you know, eliminate uh people or things that were in uh higher higher class uh devils or demons. Um basically just their grunt men that do their grunt work. Um and that I think those fall more in line with the stories of like Black Shook and all those uh, uh, in England, mainly because uh, you know a lot of your bigger stories, I guess more well-known stories, are the sighting and then the death. You know, it's not necessarily like the you know Mothman. When you see the Mothman, you know it all just goes to hell. No pun intended. Um, and so I, I don't think there's really a connection between the two. Okay, so between so you so what do you think the howler is then? Do you think it's a do you think it's a a, a hoax or do you think it's like misidentified a chupacabra or what do you think? And any thoughts on that? Well, um, I honestly think that it's just it's unidentified. Uh, I mean, if we're going to go with our, our standard list of cryptids or anything like that, uh, I mean it might be closer to a skinwalker than it would be to a hellhound or anything of that nature. Um, a lot of it is, has to do with how it's perceived. In my opinion, how it's perceived and the actions that it takes, you know, you've got stories of like the, the chupacabra, for example, which is classified yet unclassified, but it leaves a trail of, you know, dead goats, dead, uh, smaller animals, stuff like that, blood drained, this is just more a, uh, it's just more of sightings. So it's more elusive, kind of like a Bigfoot. So it's not as aggressive as, you know, your more standard hellhounds. Now with, with the hellhound, that being a broader term, it could be, you know, more of a, uh, you know, guardian spirit, you know, spirit, uh, spiritual protector, spiritual guardian, kind of whatever you want to, label it as but since it doesn't normally seem aggressive uh like the first sighting you had uh mentioned it was uh that person's uncle that chased it with a gun and with dogs and it stared him down got up and walked away that's you know non-aggressive so i it would i would it would fall if, if we're going to classify it as a hellhound it would fall under more of the neutral to good 
than, uh, you know, evil, you know, hellhounds when we think of hellhounds. Yeah, that makes sense. So, okay, so, uh, and not only that, the weird part is like the old shuck, black shuck from uh, from England, they said that even even that particular entity, whatever it is, like whether it's like a, an evil spirit or, you know, like some sort of a deity or a demigod or whatever it is, right? Like a like a, a titan from days past, whatever this thing happens to be, sometimes it was benevolent and it would actually escort women in the dark as they walked home type of thing, right? So it's like a protector spirit as well. So I wonder if there's like a, some sort of a duality to these spirits where uh, maybe they're uh, under the control of something else, maybe something like that. Pretty crazy, pretty crazy stuff to think about. If it's deciding that, you know, it's going to protect people and stuff along them lines, then obviously it's got its own sentience and its own benevolence more so than your standard soul bringer hellhound. Oh, right. So, so, so a hell, a hellhound you're saying is controlled by some other entity. They're kind of like just minions. They're tasked with something and they just do what they're told. Right. I mean, a good, a good, uh, non D and D reference, um, would be the, like the hellhound and supernatural. If you've ever watched those shows, um, like, uh, uh, I can't remember what season, uh, my girlfriend would kill me. Since I can't remember. Um, grass is grass, brother. But uh, the hellhound is only seen whenever a uh, crossroad demon or a, a demon you've made a, a deal with has fulfilled their end of the bargain and they're now coming to collect your soul. They sent the hellhounds. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, secret ways to kind of ward them off. But, you know, it, it, in, all, in all actuality, it's going to get you no matter which way you cut it. Um, that's more accurate of the the, D, the Dungeons and Dragons aspect of Hellhounds, and the more, I guess, from what I would say is the more understood version of Hellhounds. You know, uh, like if we were to take like go, uh, Ghostbusters, um, when you talked about it earlier, uh, you know, they didn't attack the Ghostbusters; they waited till Gozer showed up. They that, stood guard until Gozer showed up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. And yes, and some some of these tales they say exactly like that. Like when the the hellhound shows up, you're you're dead. Like if you if you hear them, you're already dead because they're hunting you, right? So they so again, I guess it depends on right. on exactly what's happening here. And also, just FYI, guys. So the reason why I bring up Dungeons and Dragons and uh, why it's so fascinating when you talk about these things. That's because a lot of that uh, the, the mythologies that come and end up in the in the, the texts from Gary the the original Gary Gygax that wrote this stuff in like the late seventies, he he was actually um, he he clearly he was well read and uh, on a ton of these legends and he based a bunch of these these monsters and mythologies that he put in this game this amazing game uh, on actual uh, actual real life stuff right actual real life legends and myths and folklore and all the rest of this. So it's fascinating to see how it kind of uh, culminates when you get somebody to kind of curate it all and read through this information and then create a, uh, whatever it is, a, um, a uh, what's the beeping? You beeping? You there? You all right, Taylor? <laughs> what's going on, buddy? What's going on, buddy? You there? 
Oh, you got a call coming in, maybe? Is that what that is? <clears throat> yeah. I think uh I think your ass is grass. You got a phone call. Okay, anyway. Anyway. I'm gonna mute you for just a second. So you're muted for just a second, and then I'll I'll unmute you in just a just a minute here. Okay, so but but point is right, so there's a there's a lot of synchronicity between like uh, the the trickster spirits and the, like uh, Stephen says there, like like kind of like skinwalkers, right? And how this really fits with uh, with um, with uh, with uh, a lot of the different uh, different mythologies and stuff. It's it's crazy. As Sherry says, it got him. It got him. The the hellhound. <laughs> the, the hellhounds are circling the house. <laughs> Hold on, they're making this sound. Hold on, I got the sound. <laughs> they're making this sound. Where is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're making this yeah, right here. There you go. They're they're getting Taylor. <laughs> they're getting Taylor. <laughs> What's up, Taylor? Taylor's back. Taylor's back. What's happening, man? Yeah, it's just it's every time I call. Apparently. Yeah. See. See. Yeah. You're uh. You're you're cursed. We're cursed. We're cursed together. I think that's a good thing. If we're cursed together, yeah, that's fair. then uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good as long as you're good. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, so now regarding it now, now the, the weird spirits, they say like the trickster spirits, right. Are very much like, um, the, you know, like Loki of the Norse mythology, or you get like, uh, you get these trickster spirits, like the, 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 um, the shape changers that are very much skinwalker ish. Right, like uh, like of the Native American mythos, they talk a lot about these type of trickster spirits that are shape changers, and sometimes they're benevolent, sometimes they're evil. There seems to be like a like a holy trinity thereof with uh, the, uh, and it seems like there's always that kind of balance with these spirits, right? There's something something there. So, what's your take on that regarding skinwalkers and how how maybe this fits in with that? Um. I would think, uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not super fluent with skinwalkers, but like, uh, you know, uh, in, in, again, my specialty, uh, in D and D aspects, uh, lycanthropy can be contracted in fighting a werewolf, which has been contracted there before them and before them. So it's more of a disease than it is you know, something that you choose. I mean, I, you could choose it, but, you know, you have to go find somebody and blah, blah, blah. Now, with the benevolence and the trickster spirits, that would be, in in my opinion, more of, if we were to go with, uh, I want to say Christian faith, uh, I would honestly say they kind of fall in the middle which I know there really isn't one, but, uh, because, you know, uh, most of your angels, you know, obviously are guardian angels, protectors, your demons, not so much. Now, if we were to do, uh, like D and D, I think it would be more, it would fall more under, uh, your, uh, uh, shape changers and mimics, um, and your, you know, mimics can, you know, stand, the standard mimic is always a treasure chest that just waits for dumb adventurers to come and try to get greedy. Um, and I think it would fall either under that or like Ganthropy. Okay. Like there's, like there's some kind of, uh, some, some, something going, I don't know. Like, it's weird how there's a lot of synchronicity with that. We actually haven't talked about the werewolves in that capacity yet, but I think we probably should about, about how, uh, how, 
<laughs> how you uh, how you catch it and but, how you get rid of it. Trickster spirits are kind of hard, in, in my opinion. Uh, not necessarily, I guess, that they're not out there, uh, but it's more of a, I don't really have a frame of reference besides, you know, your standard like Loki and stuff like that um, because there's not really anything like that in D&D. It's more of a you can be uh, uh, like in, in trickster realms like uh, Arcane Trickster, um, stuff along those lines, which are paths you can cross. Basically, those classes are used to, you know, screw with the, the DM as far as like, you know, polymorphing people or throwing their voice to kind of, you know, stuff like that. And so there's a lot. Basically, there's a lot here. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of synchronicity between a lot of different things. And I think that's the beauty of that game, right? It kind of brings all that stuff together. You know, the arcane, the the mystic, oh, yeah. the uh, the the astral stuff, the uh, like the like we talked about Freddy Krueger and the dreams. There's an unbelievable amount of uh, the realism and uh, the occult. And uh, it, it, like in in Dungeons and Dragons, guys, it, it, it's hot. If you never played it, you're never too old to uh, to, to start. It's uh, it's one of those amazing games that kind of just really unlocks your uh, your imagination and uh, storytelling. It's it's pretty good stuff. But okay, so two of the players in my game over fifty. There you go. So, there you go. Exactly. It, yeah. It's it, it's just it's kind of getting together, uh, having a good time, and telling stories. Right. That's really what the game's all about. So, but again, like I said, the reason I'm fascinated with it when it comes to this type of stuff is is because of those things and how uh, the research has been it's been done so well, and then kind of become its own thing, based in part uh, and, and actually based largely in uh, the mythology of uh, uh, cultures past. You know, it's pretty amazing stuff. Pretty good oh, stuff. Very genius as far as he did his homework. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I would call him a scholar. I mean, it, it, like, like he had, he actually went through uh, and did like the demons, like the first edition demons, like the Asmodeus, and like he had, he actually had names of these demons, like like Beelzebub and this stuff, right? Like, yeah, which did, which is. Had, uh, yeah. Something I read, I don't know how true it is, uh, but I read that he had uh, gotten basically a, a page of uh, the Book of Demons, which we're not supposed to, you know, utter any names of. And that's one thing that kick-started the whole D&D summoning demons, blah, 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 you know, back when it first started. Luckily, I wasn't born yet, so I didn't have to worry about it. The satanic but, panic. The satanic uh, panic <laughs> of the 80s. <laughs> yeah. But I was I was there when they did the Pokemon card burning and the Harry Potter book burning. So I mean, I guess it's the same story, different version. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like like people get uh, people get. I guess when you bring up demons, people get wound up. <laughs> Johnson says uh, this black <laughs> shuck in British folklore is from where I'm from, Cambridgeshire. Well, there you go. You, you should know all about I, it then. I, I, I was trying to read. I was trying to read the names from uh, the IKEA catalog and I accidentally said one the demons. So. It just happens. <laughs> it just happens. Hey, hey, man, sometimes you wanted to buy that poang or whatever that chair is, and other times you you, you get a demon sitting in your lap. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, me, uh, I just, I don't, so I don't summon him. I just call him Steven, but me and Steven are real good friends. He shows up every now and then. Uh, which one? Wait, who? Did I miss that joke? Was that a joke? Or who am I supposed to know? Who's Steven? Yeah, that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I don't, I, I call 
Steven, so I don't summon him. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Uh, Sherry says in the chat, those games are going to kill y'all. <laughs> We're going to accidentally summon something, I guess. Uh, uh, we, don't, we don't do the demons. That's why saying out loud. What's that? I said, that's why you don't say them out loud. Oh, my bad, my bad. I was saying them. I, I, I'm not supposed to be saying them. Okay, I won't <laughs> do that. I won't do that. But anyway, but yeah, but yeah, it's a... Uh, like I said, it's it's uh, it's a lot of that is based in reality, right? Based in uh, occultism and uh, some other things that uh, you probably shouldn't get into. And so, just FYI. But yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, I mean, so he, he took some uh, some stories from you know parts of the Enoki legends, um, from you know some Aztec legends. I mean, he he pulled from everything, which I think is one thing that makes it. Uh, makes it great is it pulls from all these different cultures and countries and everything like that. So there is literally something in there for everybody. Exactly. I agree. I've been going through the old uh, first edition stuff. So yeah, not to geek out on everybody, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's good. If, uh, if yeah. you're into it, yeah, go, go check out, actually, oh, I've got some links. I'm going to drop them. Hold on. I've got some, do you know what the trove is? Taylor speaking D and D real fast. Hold on. Hold on. What's that? Uh, the trove. Do you know what the trove is? Hold on, I got this. This is amazing. If you guys, if you guys want to know what we're talking about and you want to go buy it, check this shit out. This is a website that has basically all of the role playing stuff, like Dungeons and Dragons and everything else. I'm going to link it, and you guys can check it out. And it's uh it's free. It's free. It's like like these books are like you know fifty bucks now, but. This uh, this website right here. Wait, did that did that go? The tro- Yeah, there there it is. There it is. There you go. there you go. That's that's for you too, Taylor. If you don't have any that have all the books, that the trove.is has everything. Everything. It's amazing. Oh. It's amazing. Yeah, anyway. It yeah, do check it of out. I have it saved. Oh, okay. Yeah, get yeah, saved. Okay. All right. You already know. Anyway. Okay. Let let's finish this up. So so final thoughts on uh. So, so uh, old shock. We got uh, the 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 howler. We got hellhounds. We got Dungeons and Dragons. Let's wrap this up, man. What's a uh, what's a uh, what's what is? How do we finish this? How do we finish this? Well, I would say I don't think the uh, Ozark is a hellhound, and the D and D retrospect could be a spiritual guardian. And D and D is awesome, and you should play it. <laughs> there you go. I'm always plugging the D and D. Yeah, Joanne, what's up? Says I uh, love myths and legends. Yes, That's agree, awesome. agreed, hundred percent. Got Stephen says they used to have a medieval restaurant in Chicago. Uh, hopefully, there were no hellhounds. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. So, so I agree. I think I think there's something to be said about the uh, the 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 howler in uh, the the in Arkansas that. Maybe something doesn't quite add up, right? That we got some hoaxing going on. Maybe it's misidentified. I don't know. Like uh, that one thing, there's probably enough sketchy stuff where I I scratch my head and go, maybe. But then we got these older tales of these demon dogs that kind of kick down churches and eat kids and shit like this in England. Uh, yeah, we got a problem, right? We got a problem. Things change. So I think it's uh, I think it's likely that maybe those stories came from across the pond. And uh, we're talking about and this is uh, this is uh, talking to Sherry and some other folks that are like, hey, <laughs> this is you're getting into stuff you don't want to get into. But uh, maybe these are these are older spirits. These are ancient spirits, right? That somehow find a way to manifest in other ways that uh, uh, you, you got cut off. What was that? 
oh, we know we know very little about what's actually what's actually going on. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like the, the Cthulhu mythos, right? Where we're, we're like the the ancient old ones. Like we we try and like give them names, but yeah, 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 yeah. The great old ones, the great like old ones, Gorath, uh, Cthulhu, Dagon. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There's a learned man. There's a learned man. What's up, Danny? Says I made a short film dedicated to Hellhounds for Halloween. It's on my Facebook and on Instagram. Link it, man. Link it. Link it. Please share it. We'd love to see it. But yeah, so so the, I think I think uh, given this right, it's bizarre that um, you end up talking about one particular thing, a cryptid, right? And then you end up like in the spiritual realm, and you're talking about demons next. You know what I mean? It's like uh, we may as well throw some aliens in for good measure while we're at it, right? I mean. Let's let's wrap this up with some aliens, and yeah. then uh, and then and then I want I want your take on skinwalkers, and then okay, go ahead, go ahead, aliens. Let's do this. Uh, de- demons could be considered aliens. There you go. Boom. There it is. Wrapped it up. Wrapped it up. It seems to all be there. Okay. So now regarding skinwalkers, okay, there's supposedly shapeshifters, trickster spirits, uh, cursed shaman of decades past. Okay, millennia past even. Now, here's the thing. So we're talking about hellhounds tonight and cryptids. On Friday, coming up this week, we're gonna, we, we have a Navajo expert in skinwalkers that's going to be on this show. And we're going to talk about all the things that should be known about skinwalkers that people do not know. So there you go. There's your teaser. That's what's coming on Friday. So, so Taylor, if you don't know about skinwalkers... Come hang out with us Friday. <laughs> we're gonna we're, to find out on Friday. There you go. There you go. We're definitely about to do that. So, uh, any final thought before we finish this up? Uh, you know, just uh, uh one. I guess uh, I, I don't have like a plug or anything. But those of you that are listening that do want to play D and D, there are uh, plenty of groups. Uh, uh, one site that a bunch of people use right now, especially during quarantine, is Roll20.net. Um, there's plenty of forums on Facebook, uh, Discords. If you have the time, give it a shot. That's just that's all I got. If you got the time, we got the demonology. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> I'm just okay. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Taylor from Texas, my dungeon master. Thank you so much for calling tonight, man. Um, if you can come hang out with us Friday, we'll talk about skinwalkers. We got the expert here, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully expand them into your Dungeons and Dragons well, campaign. <laughs> I'll get I'll get with you uh, uh, on the side and uh, get a uh, get you in the into a game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you know the nights I can't. So uh, the nights I'm doing this, I cannot. But otherwise, you let me know. I'll squeak into a game. I'd love to. Therefore, sir. Right on. I appreciate it. Have a great night. Taylor from Texas, thank you for calling. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate the call. You as well. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, there you go. Simple as that, right? Pick up the phone, dial the number, you get on, you talk to Mike. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> there you go. Good. All right. All right. All right, Sherry. Thanks for hanging out. You guys are the best. Thanks for being here tonight. Uh, all right. We got, uh, hold on. Danny linked this thing here. I'm going to share it. I'm going to share this thing. Go Vikings, says Shane. Go Vikings. Yes, yes. Let's see. All right, we're going uh, to this link. No, it's broken. That's a broken link, man. That's a broken link. Danny, that's a broken link. Okay, all right, there you go. Taylor from Texas, Dungeons and Dragons. How does this all fit together? We have uh, Native American stuff that we're talking about, the trickster spirits. We've got uh, 
the, the Hellhounds. We've got Old Shuck and Black Shuck from the United Kingdom. We've got the Ozark Howler from uh, the United States, the Ozarks, Arkansas. Weird stuff, right? It's weird how there's a synchronicity between all of the things. And it almost seems like it's all of the time. <laughs> so anyway, all right. As we finish this up, we're done. We're done for tonight. And uh, yeah, get in here, Ash, if you're there. Oh, yeah, get in, man. If you're out there listening, hop on. Hop on. If you want to hop on real quick, we'll, we we got a few minutes for Ash if you want to get in here. He's, he's saying he wants to jump in for a second. And uh, we'll do it. Get in here, and then we'll finish this up. All right, so so what do you guys think? I guess in the end, like always, right, you know. I'm not here trying to convince you of anything. That's not my job. My job is to kind of go through and talk about these and where some of these legends came from and the rest of this. So uh, I, I don't really know. Like, uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not into... Uh, magic or demonology or any of this, you know, like, a, so pardon, pardon my blasphemy for mentioning the names of demons on air. That's probably not good. So, you know, all that, all that said, that's not my shtick. I'm not into that, but it is fascinating to me that there seems to be these recurring themes where uh, similar ancient spirits maybe be, end up becoming or manifesting as this or that or the other thing. I think that's a, that's the crazy thing right there. Steven says true history. And yeah, yeah, I agree. There's a lot there. There's a lot to talk about and a lot to uh, a lot to kind of parse as we continue this conversation. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Penny. Thanks, Penny. I appreciate it. Hit hit the thumbs up, guys. Uh, do the things. Uh, Penny, Penny's my biggest cheerleader. You're amazing. Thank you so much. She's out there like posting my uh, uh, the, 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 the troubled mind store in the chat. Uh, being the thumbs up cheerleader and uh, everything else. Thank you so much, Penny. That's amazing. Um, and uh, yeah. are you there, Ash? Did you come in? Did I hear somebody? Test one, two. Nope. Nope. You're just flirting with me? you flirting with me? Get in here. Yeah. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> now or never, buddy. Now or never, buddy. I don't know if you're listening. All right. Okay. So. Let's uh, let's finish this up. I don't know if Ash is coming or not. He knows where to be if he's gonna. But okay. So again, like I said, you. How does it end up? What do you What do you think? Are Are these uh, ancient spirits that have somehow are manifesting to confuse us? Is this some some sort of alien menace that uh, is uh, is using our brains against us by uh, higher technology, right? Or is this uh, what What the hell is this? Is this just folklore, uh, spooky stories to tell the kids to get them to go to bed when it gets dark outside? Like, what really is this? I think this is the question, right? Because there's a lot of things here, and uh, there's a lot to talk about and think about. And uh, wait, 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 we got a call. We got a call. We got a call coming in. So uh, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. We're about to take this phone call, and then we'll uh, we'll keep on rolling here. Let's take this phone call. You are on Trouble Minds with Mike. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? My name is Peter Ramdi. I am from Arizona. Peter from Arizona. What's up, my man? What's on your mind tonight? I just want to know, like, how the fuck were the pyramids made? Just, is there any possible way that could, they could have been made by humans? I don't think so. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of dead humans that, you know, did some amazing things. You don't, you don't really don't think so? I really don't think humans could have made the pyramids. Well, okay. So here's what I'm going to just make a, just a quick case. So archeologically they found people that were um, like had their spines impacted because they were literally used as mules, like slave labor mules, lifting things that literally their body could not withstand. 
So just making the case where it may not be aliens. I don't, again, I don't know. I'm not the answer guy, but I'm just saying that there's some like super heavy labor, like using people slaves as mules. And, and they found this by, by their bones that were impacted in weird ways. So just, just throwing that out there. Now I'm with you and that uh, I don't How know. How you know that? Were you there? What's that? No, of course not. Of course I wasn't that? there. Of course I wasn't there. <laughs> were, you, well, were, you, were you there? <laughs> I've, I've been there. Have you seen those stone blocks? Bro, they're fucking huge. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're huge. They're huge. No possible human could pick up like a six by six stone block. Yeah, no, no, no. Not one person, of course not. That's that's ridiculous. I agree with you. Uh, I mean, but okay, but hold on though. They're like so so just with like a lever, right, and a bad attitude, like you can probably pick up hundreds and hundreds of pounds, right? Maybe not like pick it up off the ground, but you could certainly move it. It's physics. So again, I'm not saying that that that's the case. I'm just saying I think it's possible. I think I think both are possible, plausible, etc. So I'm not I'm not shitting on you. I promise. I'm just saying that I think probably both are all worth right. discussing. That's all. So I wasn't coming at you like that. But okay. Uh, so so you think so so what do you think then? If people didn't make them, who made them? Do you think it was the aliens thing or something else? I do believe aliens made them. I believe they came like this fucking like spaceship. Or something. I don't know. Maybe like they teleport here. Like I personally think I like pyramids or like they're. Uh, I don't know. Like they're. Like they're shit. Like the shit they don't like. They poop out their ass. Seriously, is that what we're talking about? You trolling me here? That was the worst. Literally. Okay. Literally. Literally. I've been trolled a lot on this show, as you can imagine, right? Go back, go back in the archives and you can listen. But I promise you, I promise you that right there was the worst troll ever. Like you, one, you didn't have a plan Two, you set it up and I shot you down and then you went aliens. I love that shit in the pyramid <laughs> and hung up. Really? <sighs> I tell you what, your mother must be proud. <laughs> Your mother must be proud. Oh well, what can you do? What can you do? He, he said he loves that shit. That was the troll. I, I, I think he was trying. He was trying to get me to say the aliens built the pyramids. I think is what he's trying to do. But then I made him say it, and then he ran off the phone. Anyway, it's fine. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Whatever. Let's see what happens. You, you 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 dial the phone line. You can get on here and you can make your mother proud in front of God and everybody. <laughs> That's how we roll this show. All right, a couple more shout outs and we're we're done here. What's up? What's up, Blondie nine thousand? I see you on Twitch. Yeah, well, that that was literally the worst troll of all time. Not not funny. Not amusing. You didn't even bait me into anything. Well, oh well, <laughs> oh well. Your mother must be proud. Shane could be aliens. I wasn't there. There you go. There, there was a troll. Such a huge, amazing point. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Stephen says maybe maybe the the waypoint. Michael, what's up? Says the density of the object was changed and it was moved via levitation. There you go. See, now that is is one fascinating and worth talking about. It's not trolly whatsoever, and uh, it's good shit. <laughs> Thanks, Sherry. Sherry says you're the best, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Seriously, seriously, like, there you go. Penny says one out of 10 for trolling. Literally, I think if there's a zero, if there's a zero on a scale, that was the worst troll ever. Worst troll ever. Yeah, okay. 
Anyway, whatever. See, I ask you, you tell me aliens built it, and then you couldn't even, you had to laugh. You had to laugh. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, anyway, I don't know if Ash, uh, Ash, Ash fucked off maybe. What are you there, buddy? No, nothing. All right. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was almost better, wasn't it? That was almost better. <laughs> so much better. Okay, anyway, we're done. We're done. That's pretty good stuff. You look. You're done. It's well, over, huh? Apparently, apparently, we're not done. Apparently, we're not done. Did you catch the troll call, Ash? How you doing? Ash the Reptilian from Mars. How are you, my man? Hi, everyone. How are you guys all doing tonight? Doing good? Fantastico. I'm doing good. Fantastico. Oh, yeah. that's muy bien. Ah, just, just very got good. A, just got well, a, a troll call, man. You missed it. Or maybe you didn't. I don't know. Ah, no, I missed it. What was it? It wasn't good. Was it the nipple guy? Is the nipple guy back? No, the nipple guy's not back. It was not him. It was, uh, I don't, I don't even know. Like you can't really qualify it. Like it was clearly a troll call. The guy was kind of a, a loud, boorish, whatever. And then he didn't even make a funny point, and then he hung up on himself. <laughs> I'm only laughing because it was so bad. It was so bad. Anyway, what's, what's going on, man? Hey guys, if you're gonna troll, you got to do it right. You got to put some effort into it. You know, put a little intelligence behind it. Yeah, you can't just be. You plan it out a little bit. You know what? Go, try again. You know, we're, we're positive. This is a positive show, right? Positive reinforcement. Give it another shot, you know, but just do a little training next time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. You can't just call up a show and not be funny. Come on. Like I said, you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. Uh, anyway, anyway, what's going on, man? Do you hear part of the show? What do you think? Skinwalkers, uh, hellhounds, or uh, where are you sitting on tonight? What's going on, buddy? Oh yeah. Um, the the skinwalker i mean uh, my my conclusion on whatever's going on there is just that the upside down the like dimensional rift or something right like there's seems to be if you look at skinwalker ranch there seems to be some sort of like common denominator of a lot of the phenomenon is that's like coming from somewhere else the upside down or whatever so if there is this upside down, there's is there if there is this veil, you don't know what the hell is on the other side, right? Um, it could be anything. So, uh, uh, yeah. Did you do you know about Scruff McGruff at Skinwalker Ranch? I have no idea what that is. So when the guy did his stories of Skinwalker Ranch. He, uh, the guy wrote the book on it or a documentary or something. He was talking about how he omitted a lot of the stories because they were so ridiculous. And one story was there's two cops driving down a road and, uh, they're kind of like in, out in the middle of nowhere. They're going from point A to point B and they see two guys on the side of the road in trench coats smoking. So they start slowing down to be like, Hey, what are you guys doing? You know, out here. And the guys turn around and apparently they were like dog people like Scruff McGruff. And then they disappeared. <laughs> what the and, like, like what is, is Scruff McGruff a cartoon? What the hell is, I don't know what that is. Yeah. You know, take a bite out of crime. Oh, okay. I'm Scruff McGruff. Oh, oh no, you, man, you know what I'm talking about? That guy? No, that's a crime dog. That's a, that's a, no, no, that's not Scruff McGruff. What's his name? Isn't that Scruff McGruff? No, no, no. That's a, uh, anyway, I know what you mean. I, I, it's not coming to me, but that's not his name. <laughs> Well, yeah, so uh, the, the two cops get out, and they're like, did we just see, what, did you see that? And, and then they go and check, and the, there's cigarettes there. So, like, there was something there. 
Um, anyway, that's one of the stories from Skinwalker Ranch. And it sounds crazy, but like, who knows, man? Uh, like, we're probably just a server in a back room in a safe space instead of running all these different instances to just like run them all right next to each other. You know what I mean? Uh, like, what, what would happen if there was like dog people? What would happen if there's monkey people? That's us. You know, like, <laughs> that's you. That's you. Uh, Larry says dog man. Yep. 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 It is. Uh, I'm being corrected. It is Scruff McGruff. I was thinking of McGruff the crime dog, but I guess it's the same thing. Hold on. We got the. the ha! You're right. A, You're a right. Victory for me. Victory, victory. Scruff McGruff. Hold on. I think we got the troller. The troll caller is back. <laughs> let me let me take let me take this phone call one sec. You're on nice. Trouble Minds with Mike and Ash. He took thing? my inspiration. Go Where ahead. Where are you calling from? Here we go. What's up? What's up? You were on the line. Uh, hello. 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 What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hello. I'm from uh, Idaho. I'm Philip. What's up, man? Bill from Idaho. What's going on? What is on your mind tonight? Um, some shady business things. Have you heard about like the Bass Pro Shop stuff? No, no. Really? You got no. You got a plan here. You got look. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I don't have a plan. But you got. You got. Um, you got. You got twelve. Yes, I've been up you got twelve. You got twelve seconds to be funny or interesting. Go. I, hey man, this Bass Pro Shop shit is crazy. They're hiring fucking illegal immigrants to build their stores. Did you know that? Thanks for the call. <laughs> Okay, well, so, sometimes was you that the same guy? No, but uh, uh. sometimes you get him, sometimes you don't. Well, what can you do? What can you do? I had an idea because it, it's an anonymous, right? They they dialed in as with an anonymous number. Like only only cowards mm. do that. Cowards do that. They don't have a plan and then they say some dumb shit. Whatever, man. Your Bass Pro Shops. Enjoy. Have a nice knife. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Your mother must be very proud, just like the other guy. Okay. Anyway, let's let's finish this up, Ash. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, so, so, uh, I got a little whiff of the show, but like, if you were to sum it up, if you were going to do your elevator pitch, what was uh, what was it about, man? You already know. You already know. It's about the weird shit. It's about the weird shit. Devil dogs. What are they called? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I'm I'm confused. I'm uh I'm in troll mode. I'm ready. I'm ready to fire back. I'm in troll mode. <laughs> I'm ready. Like a, you're, I'm, you're, you're ready to defend yourself. You're like, seriously. Oh, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I've lost my train of thought. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. So uh, it, it was about uh, hellhounds. That's what they are. Not not devil dogs. Hellhounds. Anyway. So uh, cryptids and whatever. Anyway, here's here's the best part. Check this out, Ash. On Friday, I got a dude on Reddit that's actually a Navajo paranormal researcher. And he has the deets on skinwalkers and he's going to set us straight on what's going on Friday. So on what skinwalkers. Yeah. So he says there's a bunch of uh, misconceptions. The George Knapp version. These are my words, not his, but the George Knapp version is not what a skinwalker actually is. And he's going to fill us in on what it actually is. So that's what's going on Friday. That's what's going on Friday. So yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Is he, is he like a, does he investigate physically or is he just like a savant on the subject? Is he, what think, is, uh, what, what are the, the qualifications here? I think all the above. I think he's oh, got okay. firsthand accounts. I think he's nice. got, uh, he's got uh, contact with tribal elders. He's got uh, stories from, uh, from um, passed on uh, generations. He's got this type of stuff. So, and not, not just uh, the Navajo tribe. He, he's uh, familiar with like the Hopi version of this and the, uh, the Utes and uh, Utes, I think it is and everything else. So he's got, he's got a ton oh, of information. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Ought to be hot. That's what's going on Friday. Uh, the show tonight, you guys already know, you guys already know hellhounds, cryptids, trickster spirits, maybe skinwalkers. 
<laughs> so we'll uh, we'll get the skinwalkers on Friday, but yeah. Yeah. Well, if 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 you it's what's interesting about all this is that um once you start getting into conspiracy theories, like especially like the alien stuff, you eventually get into the paranormal, right? And um what the paranormal is is just stuff we don't really understand. That's all it is. It comes off as like woo woo, but we just something we don't understand. And um you know, there's a lot of things that we didn't understand before that we thought was weird. Like, you know, as someone's sick with COVID, now we can uh, diagnose them and treat them. You know what I'm saying? We, we understand what it is. Before, this is just like, you do like random blood transfusions, bleed people out, leeches. Like, we didn't know what we were looking at. We just assumed it was spirits and stuff like that. So, it what's really fascinating about all this is there's... There's this, there's another level. It means that, like, our scientists, all the experts, they don't know what they're talking about. There's something more. And that's really exciting because there's, like, there's this, like, artificial barrier that we've kind of trapped our own selves in. And once we break through, there's all this shit on the other end. And, um, you know, I just watched a Joe Rogan thing. Joe Rogan was meeting with this guy and they were talking about whether or not the government has the UFO and the ramifications. And they're basically talking as if they probably have it. And like, it's a new conversation, right? Things are moving forward. Like, um, so it's, I I don't know. It's a really exciting time that there might be so much more to like learn in life and explore and um, demon towns and, dog people and extra dimensions and aliens and ufos and it's like like a lot of that might happen like in our lifetime which is pretty cool and so anyway that's kind of stuff i like uh and nerd out about it's like what makes it exciting and the more research i do the more i'm convinced there is more and i don't know all these accounts all these stories all this stuff is true you you never know there's a lot of kooks out there but it can't all be false right it can't all be false and um every once in a while a scientist kind of like peers into it with an experiment or whatever and they just sweep it under the rug or maybe it is being censored but uh i don't know it's an exciting time to live in 2020 has been a fucking crazy year i even think the illuminati is like you know let's just chill out like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like like it almost feels like even the illuminati like it's like uh, we're going to take a break for a little while. <laughs> They're like, you know, a lot of the countries are backing off of lockdowns and stuff. They're like, ah, fuck it. You know, it was just kind of funny. Um, <laughs> you, you can, it's you like can, everyone's had too much. Yeah. You, know? you can only eat so much pie. You have to take a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Got to rest up for the next, the next takeover or whatever, false flag or whatever the hell is about to happen. But um, yeah, it's been nutty. It's nutty, been nutty, nutty stuff. All right, uh, so we're we're done. Plug your channel, and let's finish this bitch up. Oh yeah, uh, well, it feels feels weird to only hang out for a little bit and plug, but I'll do I it told anyway. you to. Uh, I told you to. You didn't ask. All right. I told you. Okay, to. let it rip, buddy. All right, you're right. All right, this is Ash, the reptilian from Mars. Uh, check out my channel. You can just Google that, Ash, the reptilian from Mars. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff on on, on my channel. Um, we uh, we have some exclusives coming up. I just did an episode on the alien false flag. The pr- production's getting up. Investments are getting up. Stocks are up. 
it's all do it. we're, we're getting there and it's we're rolling out more content we've got pyramids aliens all kinds of stuff on that channel so so check me out shout out give me some comments give me some love over there and uh you know but this is my first home and i love i love being here so i uh, love to hop in i was trying to hop in a little earlier but uh couldn't make it so but uh yeah maybe i'll be if you'll have me i'll be around friday for that for the for native american if i can if i can hang out if i can hold on to that sounds yeah. like it's gonna be nuts yeah yeah come hang out he's uh he's gonna he should be good he's i've listened to him on a couple other podcasts he just started doing them so i asked him he's all yep i'll be there friday i was like shit that was easy so yeah uh so ought to be hot again skinwalker ranch not the not the ranch drop the ranch we're talking skinwalkers and not just the ones on the ranch they're all over the place apparently so tune in friday that's what we're going to talk about yeah exactly they're all over the place and so uh so uh friday at 8 p.m pacific uh we'll be here with a uh a navajo paranormal researcher that's an expert on skinwalkers so there you go that's what's up friday um uh ash Thanks for hanging out, buddy. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for saying hi. Thanks for uh, thanks for the support. Everybody else, thanks for hanging out. And I just want to say, just for the record tonight, 100% of trolls owned. 100%. Michael Strange 2, trolls 0. <laughs> we got more calls coming in. More, <laughs> they're calling back. They're like, no, we're not letting you. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. This is amazing. Because I'm just going to ban the phone number, and I'm going to own them three times in the same night. Watch this. <laughs> there it is. Here we go. All right, hold on, hold on. Three for three. Owned, Michael Strange. Three trolls. Got him, Mike. Zero. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, guys. You're the best. Friday night, Skinwalker. We're going to be here with a Navajo expert again. Ash might be here as well, and we will do what we do. We will talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. Thanks for hanging out. You guys are the best. Tuesday, Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific, Troubled Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange. I'm here with Ash, the reptilian from Mars. Thanks for hanging out, guys. You're the best. Have a great night. See you soon.